Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. <laughs> yeah, right? That post-holiday feeling. Are you feeling what I'm feeling? All lords and lairds are welcome. This is the award-winning best damn combat sports show, period. It's morning combat. You're looking at it right now. Brian Campbell, BC, BDE. A lot of beige things on my body right now. Uh, one half of your award-winning duo uh, on this Friday, December 30th, 2022. New year right right upon us here. But the guy next to me, we're so happy to have him back. Uh, he's a fantastic fight analyst. He's been under the weather post-holidays. He's sent me the grossest, I mean, really the grossest texts any one man can send each other. Like at this point, I'm like, yes, stick pics, please. Anything but what you're sending me, which is the the, the fluid things coming out of your body. It's Luke Thomas, everybody. Hi, BC. Or should I call you culturally appropriated Sway? You ain't got the answer, Sway. Why are you dressed like Sway in the morning? Uh, I'm trying to expand my, uh, you know, uh, my, 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 my footprint here in the world, Luke. Okay. To take a little bit from, from everybody. Right. You know where did you All get the great uh, podcasters. The, the, the wonderful drug rug. We know where you got that morningcombat.store. Where did you get the hat? You know, I, I found one in my neighbor's garage a couple of years ago and put it on for the night and was like, you know, this could be my thing right here. So I, 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 yeah, I bought see, one. Hold on, heads up. Look at me. Look at me. Ready? It's yeah. not your thing. <laughs> I mean, am I like, you know, this is, this is, is this not just a midlife crisis move, but like a double down on it, like all in on it, Luke? Like, <coughs> well, just so Ooh. you know, Luke Thomas does not have COVID, but he barely made it to this show. He's dying. Dude. People in my house, Luke, are very sick, but AG1 has allowed me to fight it off, but I'm feeling gross too. COVID negative though, Luke. So take that. Yeah. Okay. I didn't take have, that just there, as but... an, I want to update everyone. I did not have COVID. We had it. Cause here's the thing. My kid came home sick from winter break and, um, she got all of us sick. That's where I got it. I, I know I make jokes about like the Newark train station, but I have a three-year-old who was around other three-year-olds all day long. Like for anyone who's had a, who's a parent of kids that young, you, BC, you remember this, I'm sure. Although your kids had a bit of a separate situation, but you understand Kids at three years old around other kids. It's a germ factory. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't COVID. It wasn't flu. It was they think RSV. And dude, I'll tell you, man, I've been more like punctuatedly sick. Like for example, I got food poisoning one time in Cairo, Egypt, and it was, I mean, you know, it was horrible. But it lasted twenty four hours. You know, that was it? Oh, dude, and the it, only in the only toilets you had to deal with that were the holes in the floor too, right? No, okay. Now you're being racist. No, we stayed How at the Marriott. What does that have to do with race, Luke? It's it's about you know that that dirty dude, Egyptians right? have no methods of modern indoor plumbing. Gee, BC, what could be racist about that? I don't. You know. You told me that commodes on that side of the world are different. You told in me in certain that, so. places, but like, dude, I stayed at the fucking Marriott. It was like really, and this was like where all the the diplomats stayed. My dad was in the State Department at the time. Anyway, uh. So I got worse. I got, I got worse. We'll find out who's. Yeah. Hold on. I got worse sick there. But in terms of like duration of sickness, this is the sickest I've ever been in my life. I've never, yeah. I've never experienced anything quite like this. This was terrible. And dude, here's the funny part about it: like my mother-in-law and my wife got it way worse, way worse. Uh, shocking how bad it was, man. Really, really, really bad. I was feeling for you until the you sent 
to Mikey Mormile, our CBS Sports producer, and my, uh, you know, text inbox. When Can you, I hold it up you, and show it to the screen? When you plugged our in-hole with, hey, guys, this just came out of my body, and then did it again this morning, like, really, you're pushing the boundaries of friendship, all jokes aside. So, Luke, I was so pissed off two nights ago at that that I, I decided to to paint. I can't show that. Don't you, this, yeah, don't show the... I mean, are you came out me? of my nose this morning. I mean, come on, morning. turn that shit off. I mean, this is disgusting. I, I couldn't show this photo in good faith to the people, so I painted it, Luke. So this is basically what what uh what came out of Luke's nose right there. Oh, that's kind of awesome, actually. I like that. That's yeah, my family cool. heckled me heckled me heavily, saying I must have uh, internal issues of anger for putting out a painting like that. No, but, that's you know, pretty just, good. I just let the art speak for itself. Like this show. Hey, look, this is going to be a great show. Um, Hold on. I have one more story I have to tell you. I yeah. also threw my back out. I didn't even mention this. I'm fine. I'm fine. It was just for like like two hours I threw my back out. Because I have an old dog, man. My dog is 16. And it can't go down the stairs anymore. So I have to carry it down the stairs uh. outside so it can go to the bathroom. But I mistimed picking it up. So as I'm going down the stairs, she's just urinating everywhere. <laughs> and this was when the cold snap hit. So by the time I'm headed back up, my stairs are covered in frozen dog piss. Yeah, that's <laughs> upon great. which I slipped. It actually kind of hit my rib a little bit trying to get up, dude. It was a it was the worst Christmas ever for me, ever, ever, ever. Luckily, Terrible. your time in frat house has prepared you for that type of uh, you know development and disgusting advancements. But Luke, I'm just happy to have you back because you know you and I had a pre had a show meeting yesterday about today's year-ending morning combat award show and dude you couldn't even i can't talk you know what i mean you couldn't even walk me to your truck luke you couldn't do anything bro but here you are and you know as much as i'm disgusted by seeing what was actually in your body thank you for for joining us shout out to shaq majori by the way who filled in admirably wednesday despite some debacle tech issues we had on this show but it ain't nothing like bclt mk coming to the uk february 8th it ain't nothing like it luke sick or not sick. I mean, we're all dying in our own way, to be fair, Luke. Yeah. Well, Jesus, I hope I don't have to go through this again. But I did see um, a lot of Wednesday's show. Shaq killed it. So I was really happy to see that as well. And, uh, yeah, I'm feeling better. This is the best I've felt in a week and a half. So um, let's have a good show today. All right. We're going to quickly touch on the most recent news items in the combat sports sphere before we get into a detailed, long uh, a look at this year in combat sports, our awards in boxing, MMA, MK moment of the year, MK donk of the year. Yeah, a lot going on today. Before we get there, though, want to shout out the five folks at Showtime and a great network that you can dive right in the deep end with right now. Why you're asking? How about Bellator versus Ryzen Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern only on Showtime. You can get 30 days free right now by going to Showtime.com. Uh, fantastic card, AJ McKee, Patricio Pitbull. Of course, championship boxing right around the corner, all that good stuff. But after the 30 days, you still like it? How about this deal? Six months at $3.99 a month. Folks, this will not last, to be fair, okay? Whether you think I do shticks or not. Showtime's a hell of an app. There's some good good stuff on that VOD and the live programming as well. So check that out. If you like it, get on this deal that we're doing. Speaking of deals, um, merch season is 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 always active in my mind. You see this this uh, Baja hoodie right here, this drug rug, if you're so inclined. Uh, go to morning, morningcombat.store. We got mugs. Uh, you know, a lot of, like, you know, Luke, I mean, look, I don't know how you did when it came comes to performing the role of husband on Christmas. 
But I had to return a lot of gifts. And, you know, if you were like me and suddenly you got all this, you know, extra cash, you might as well go to morningcombat.store to spend it. But did you, were, were you the big winner as the male gift provider in your house? Because I took some L's, okay? I, I, I had to dodge, you know, I had to, you know, I had to make good here. You mean in terms of like, did I give good gifts? Yeah, I, apparently I failed. I tried. I did try hard. I waited until three days before Christmas. I did try hard. Look, I want you to know that, okay? Only only thing that got returned from me was a one sweater. I'm a pretty good gift giver. Pretty good you've gift been, giver. You've been, you've been constantly giving in our relationship, and I can really appreciate that. I'm going to give you some more text messages with photos of my mucus. Yeah, that's not that's not the direction I'd like my life Dude, my nose go. had an abortion this morning. Did you see that thing? The thing was the yeah, size not, of like a buffalo. I, I, Luke, before we get your take on a couple of big ticket uh, news items going around, I got I got maybe this is the intervention we needed between the two of us. You're sick a lot. I don't think you're drinking AG1 every day like you say you are, like I do, like I'm doing right now, because I continue to stiff arm the vid left and right in my house and continue to put on this show, Luke, while you're basically dying in front of us. Do I need to tell you once again about the benefits of that magic well, green powder? Eight ounces of water, stir it up, little well, darling. Here's the thing. You know if you saying? lived with Tuki, you would be just as sick as me because if she gets sick and brings it home, you're going to get it too. There's really no way around it. However, here's what I will say. Remember, I didn't get it as bad as my wife and, and, and mother-in-law. And you know why? Because I made it a point to drink AG1 every day that I was sick. Every day at noon, I had my AG1, I had my AG1, I had my AG1. They had ear pain. They had all kinds of sinus problems. They're still sick. They can't move. Your boy's out here working. Um, I'm going to take my daughter to the movies a little bit later tomorrow. So uh, I, I got to tell you, I may not have had as much AG1 as I should have had, but I had some. And you could already see the difference uh, between well, me and the rest of my family. I know I don't need to tell you. Maybe apparently I need to tell Abuela, though. This special blend of ingredients, it supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging. And look, it's like you might say, well, I'm a keto guy. I'm paleo. I'm Matt Snyder. And now I'm dairy-free and gluten-free at the same time. It doesn't matter, Matt, right? Or your Uncle Daniel. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything, and it still tastes real good. Luke, that citrus, tropical, clean taste. Luke, I I try to I try to put things in my body that are clean. I usually fail, but AG1 gets me ahead of the curve, if you know what I'm saying. It certainly does. And I gotta tell you, um, you know, as you mentioned many times, cheaper than your cold brew habit, and it's got big benefits, and I swear this is true. Whenever I get off AG1, it's not a miracle cure. Nothing is, you know, it doesn't exist that way. But just in terms of giving yourself resiliency over time, giving your body the nutrients that it needs, you do a good, consistent habit for a long time, and the benefits the benefits pay off. And that's something I have to remind myself with all the time, BC. Yeah, micro habits, big time benefits. 7,000 people can't be wrong who gave five-star reviews you know the names Ferris, Rogan, and Gervais. They still mean something in these parts. And it's time for you to redeem your health and arm your immune system. Because, folks, whether or not you believe in the vid, there's some ill shit out there that can get you effed up, okay? We're talking about illnesses. One scoop a day could be the difference for you. So why don't you go to athleticgreen.com, athleticgreens.com, excuse me, slash morning combat. Put on that slash morning combat. Get your first purchase today. You're going to get the five free travel packs that we always speak of. You're going to get the one-year supply of the drops, the immune-supporting vitamin D. Um, it's worth it. Athleticgreens.com 
slash morning combat. Take ownership. Yes. Luke, I'm about to take ownership over this show, but a couple things to react to. And one obviously is, is a very fluid situation, but it's dominating the news stream. And that's Gervonta Davis, who just a week from tomorrow is scheduled to headline a January 7th Showtime pay-per-view in Washington, D.C. against Hector Luis Garcia. But the much bigger news is the arrest in South Florida. He's been released on $1,000 bond. Uh, the charges of domestic violence, and of course now the the major developments in the past 48 hours, which is Tank Davis multiple times going to social media to defend himself, making accusations essentially that he was set up. Luke, there's a lot to digest there. There's been 911 calls, and there's obviously the the unknown of will this fight still go on? Should it still go on? Uh, all the folks associated with it are still doing their due diligence, and we'll we'll make a public decision. But we're you know how do you feel this because if Gervonta is innocent, you want to give him that chance to, but he doesn't have the best tr- history and track record. And uh, this is a, a, a tough situation, no matter where you stand, to, to see break out. Jesus Christ. I mean, for folks who may not understand, he has a jury trial in February in Baltimore for a hit and run on a pregnant woman. That's a real thing. Now, these are all alleged. He has not been convicted of anything. He's going to have a jury of his peers decide you know, what the case is there. But if you don't know the story there, the judge excuse me, the prosecutors and his attorneys had agreed to some kind of plea agreement and the judge rejected it and made it go to a jury trial. Now, that doesn't mean that they couldn't reach some kind of other agreement that avoids this in the future, but just to show you that the judge didn't like the idea that he was, in, I guess in the judge's mind, going to get off with some kind of light punishment here. I'm like, dude, I mean, how do you not get, seriously, I'm not even doing a bit here. And also in terms of his ability, how do you not get John Jones vibes from him? Like with the 911 call, as you're mentioning, with repeated incidents, as you're mentioning, that we don't have the PED side of things. So that is a very different kind of situation. But, you know, young and very, very uh, powerful and uh, rising star in the sport, but yet all of these other issues. And, man, listen, I know the story that this guy comes from. We are talking about the most broken of situations, at least that you could find in North America, basically. Right? Yeah, I mean, if you don't know, if you uh, don't know, watch The Wire. It's basically an accurate portrayal. You know? Yeah, but I mean, this guy, you know, like, okay, I don't know what happened with this latest incident. And again, by the legal terms, he is guilty until proven innocent or whatever happens. But you know, let's assume for the sake of argument that it's true. Why do you think he does it? Why does anyone do it in his particular case or the case of other young men? Probably because they saw a bunch of other guys they were around doing it. All I'm pointing out here is the following: it's never okay. No one's ever going to excuse it. But I, I do have at least some measure of, you know, um, an understanding that if you take someone straight from that world and then put them into a popular world where there's all these eyeballs on them, where where did the process happen where they were supposed to undergo personal reformation? Where did that happen? It doesn't. So, so my point being is once they get in trouble with the law, you know, you have to face the consequences therein. But I'm willing to be like, okay, these are this was this was your moment to learn. Right, this was your moment to learn. And again, I don't know what happened with this most recent one. I guess we'll see. I don't know if there's going to be a fight and whether it even should be one. These are all debates to be had. But I'm just sort of pointing out, like, dude, it's not hard to not get in trouble for these things for the most part. Yeah, very much. It's, it's, it's very much not difficult. And then to already have all of these issues once, and now you're revisiting them on multiple occasions. It's just major, 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 major John Jones vibes. And I definitely don't say that in a complimentary way. No, and, and, you know, we've been harsh against, you know, very public turns from a lot of combat sports athletes, and I think the sentiment this time around has changed to, 
uh, benefit of the doubt is is no more. And and God, there's it's no more. Uh, we'll see how this plays out. I mean, look, the, the fallout of this and the conspiratorial accusations and the pieces of 911 calls and the pictures with toothbrush with excrement. I mean, it's wild. I don't even know how to, to you know, figure all that out. But um, man, dude, stop you know? tweeting. Stop. Yeah. Stop posting on social. Stop tweeting. Stop doing any of that stuff, dude. Like, I mean, <laughs> dude, he just can't get out of his own way. He cannot no, get out no. of his own it's way. It's hard. You And, you know, and it's like so entertaining. I love it. You know, your interview with him was 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 like a cool inside look at his personality. And, and, you know, all that can still be true. And this could be a situation where it wasn't what it says it was. But what it says it was right now was uh, a misdemeanor assault and a closed fist backhand slap to the face of uh, the mother of his daughter. So... We'll see, Luke. We'll see what happens, and uh, obviously we'll update you along the way on how this affects the fight. But you know, fight on, fight not. Should it happen? Should it not happen? Let me let me ask you this. this there's is a not lot. The there's a question. Luke. The most Luke hold on. We're past I, the I, I point do, I, of. Hold on, just one second. We're, we're we're past the point of looking to the camera and saying something's got to change now. You know what I mean? Like like we're 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 past that. The, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 even though the combat sports is the wild west, and you seem to get more of a you know chance to to mess up and still keep the train moving. Um, the trends are just, we're so far past that, 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 yeah, something's got to, something's got to mask. Listen, Tank is going to decide what kind of life he wants to have, right? I mean, if you want to give away all your money to lawyers and you want to spend time in prison despite not needing to, right? You can just live a very normal and happy, normal-ish anyway, happy life, uh, being a, a, a law-abiding and citizen and everything else. You can choose that path or you can just keep going down the path you're going down and see how that works out for you. You know, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna go terribly. One thing I want to say there, his BC, is I don't really know, like if you're in tank again. The most important thing here is domestic violence, or at least the in this case again. I want to be clear: the the letter of the law is that he is uh, innocent until proven guilty. But zooming out for just a second here, because we don't know the specifics of that situation per se, which is like, is it even for him a good idea to even fight? I don't. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But like, I keep saying this to people: this guy he's fighting. Man, he's not a joke. He's not a joke. He's a good fighter. Now, if Tank was fully prepared, and this guy's fully prepared, I would definitely pick Tank. But with all this nonsense going on, I I don't know what he's doing, dude. I really, really, you know, not sound yeah. judgment, I think is a great way to put it. Just a reminder that, you know, last January, I think it was Hector Luis Garcia, on 11 days notice as a late replacement, went in there and, and put a beaten on unbeaten chris colbert so uh you know that this is the boxing side of it and certainly not as important as the human side and and you know that's going to get figured out uh damn i you know just obviously just disappointed it's not what you want to see happen um you know i love tank the personality from you know the rare times i've spoken to him but uh this is about as bad as look as you can have and it's really hard to support that uh you know any further until we find out the results on there uh luke the second bit of news is you know the only big time combat sports event we're going to see this weekend bam man it's a big one now shout out there is a boxing title bout as well in japan which is typically have uh their own new year's sort of spectacle and showcase but luke when you think new year's eve and mixed martial arts you think of pride japan you know all the great things and shout out to mark remundi's uh, ESPN story looking back on some of those crazy moments this year's offering is is an interesting one five Bellator fighters against five rise in fighters in the main event promotion versus promotion we previewed it at length on Wednesday with Shaquille Missouri about AJ McKee's matchup Patricio Pitbull Juan Archuleta Kyojo Horiguchi and others Luke what are your sort of general thoughts on what we should expect here because it's got that all-star game feel and any chance you get to see like 
Pitbull and AJ McKee and that level of fighters on the same night in, in a special sort of historical foundation here in New Year's Eve in Japan. You got to be excited. Dude, I am, um, I got to tell you, when they first announced it, I didn't hate it, but I didn't necessarily um, get out of my chair for it. You know, I didn't, I didn't fully appreciate it, frankly. And now that it's here, I'm like, dude, I love this. I love that they're doing this. And I, you know, listen, I have been very critical of Bellator on this show. We don't cover much Ryzen on this show, you know, quite candidly. Um, but I actually thought that Shaq had a really great point on Wednesday. It's something you and I have talked about with one championship where, you know, you got to do something different than what, what, what the UFC is doing. In the case of one, you know, obviously having Muay Thai with four-ounce gloves in a cage and then having jiu-jitsu championships and, and everything else. And they do kickboxing as well on top of Muay Thai. And it's just a very different and dynamic product, different rules, all that kind of stuff. You're getting that here, man. This is a great thing. First of all, you can do knees to the head of a grounded opponent, which is just tremendous. You get to keep your elbows, which is just tremendous. The ring will be interesting to see how that plays a role. But also, I got to say, Ryzen is putting up some decent talent against these guys. But I could see Bellator running the table on on all of them, quite honestly. Um, you know, Rabadinov is better. Archuleta is better. Horaguchi should be better. Pitbull is better. And AJ McKee should be better than Roberto D'Souza. But the fact that both of these organizations are taking this risk and uh, making something different, trying something not new per se, but bringing something back that I thought was important in a new way. Yeah. Uh, this this tradition, so to speak, uh, I think is great, man. I'm actually looking forward to it, and I actually feel like these fights are going to overall, overall, they're going to deliver on quality content, and I think good finishes. I'm expecting some some yeah. good finishes here. I think there's the per- it's like the perfect storm of like. They matter, but it's like that all-star game feel where you can kind of just go off and try spectacular stuff and just have fun and go for it, mixed with wanting to protect, you know, your brand against the other brand, mixed with, hey, if this thing sizzles, is this the beginning of much bigger things in cooperation across the sport? A lot of cool angles here, and obviously it's not the first time Bellator and Ryzen have worked together, Scott Coker and Saki Kabara. Is that how you say it, Luke? Saki Kabara? Sakaki Kabara, yeah. Um, they have a great relationship, and, you know, we saw the... Caldwell versus Horiguchi series a couple years ago, and and they've worked together. But this promotion versus promotion thing, uh, you know, you you love the angle of it and and how you can sort of frame it. And, man, they got big names. So, you know, a quick look at the odds, Luke. AJ McKee, minus 225 favorite against Roberto Satoshi D'Souza in the main event, plus 180. Patricio Pitbull is a minus 350 betting favorite against Kleber Koike Erps, who's plus 265. And then Kyojo Horiguchi, who Shaq rightfully corrected me, would be a trilogy here. He has two wins over Hiromasa Ugikubo and Horiguchi, a minus 552 favorite, plus 390 on the other side. Uh, Juan Archuleta and Gadzi Rabadnov, also favorites coming in. So, Luke, it could be a, a run-the-table situation, as you said, for Bellator. We'll have to see it play out. Um, I want to see AJ McKee do something something wild, take chances here, Luke, because you know he loves that free, free-flowing style. This is the right foundation to do that, dude. So let's see it. You know? Yeah, this is a good one. And also, do that Archuleta one is probably going to be fucking bananas as well. Archuleta is, he's hes long in the tooth for the weight class, but very talented, very prepared. He looked diced to the socks at oh, the yeah. weigh-ins. Excuse me, I'm losing my voice here a little bit, but um, that's, that should be a great one. Somebody had uh, the weigh-ins, probably see it on Have You Seen the Shit, was uh, naked, Luke. They had something covering their, their junk. It was weird. Anyway, Luke, uh, one breaking news before we get into the rest of the show, which is all awards all the time to close 2022. How about this? Mike Heck of MMA Fighting reporting that UFC, April 8th. Are you ready for this, Luke? It's a good day for me to wear this drug rug to say this. 
Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Yanez, by the way. Yanez. What did I say? Um, you said Yanez. Dude. Okay. I think even Adrian Yanez is okay with me calling him that, Luke. Okay. He's he's probably, a badass. He probably, he's got great hands. This is a big fight is. for him, Luke. This is a big ass fight for him. Okay. That's a great fight. And dude, Font, you know his. Listen, Font tried to push his way to the top of the division and got reasonably close um i think he found him that there's you know a few guys in the division definitely ahead of him but he is a great tactician and a great jabber he is battle tested he can go the distance tough um that's a hell of a fight for young yes boy that tells you they got their eye on him huh ufc mm -hmm. has their eye on that kid he may just earn that MK drug rug after all, Luke, without me needing to get a tattoo. <laughs> Although some people are wondering why I go to that length again. We'll have to see. Okay, I love. By the way, Sean Brady against Michelle Pineda also, uh, also interesting. So we'll see what happens with Sean Brady. I was I surprised he took that fight. I was surprised <clears throat> he took that fight. Like how come? How come? Well, the not not so much from. Um, is it a fight that makes sense given where they both are? I, I guess in that sense it makes sense, but like. I think that the fight with Bilal Muhammad was a bit of a wake-up call about one is his own poise and like competitive mindset and what he needs, and then two, you know, his striking obviously needs some work. And I thought he might take a little extra time to dig into that, uh, but he's going to go right back into the frying pan. So um, I think he'll win. I think he's talented enough certainly to win. But I was a little surprised he went. He got right back after it. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Can't wait to see that fight, though. Love me some Sean Brady. Love these guys that I'm like, that, that's MK material. They're, they're the MK boys. They may turn on us one day, Dude, Luke. We, we may turn on them. we got to get Yanez in studio. I mean, we just yeah. have to. <clears throat> I love, I, you know, some of these fighters have that that spirit. You know, they get MK, right? All right, yeah. Luke. Uh, we eschewed our, our typical uh, segments this week for various reasons. We pre-taped Monday's episode. So don't have you seen this shit. No fan subs or dead wrongs. Those will return next week. But I have to morning, dead wrong one thing about myself at the end of the show, but go ahead. Yeah, hopefully it's involving Romanoff. But what we know, yeah, Luke, is. is that morningcombat at gmail.com is your home normally. So next week, check all that stuff out. We close 2022 right now with the Morning Combat Awards, combat sports, the show, all that good stuff. Shout out to Mikey Mormal for his work behind the scenes to get this out. Uh, Luke, I'm going to present five nominees in each category. You and I are then going to pick our winners, and then we'll mention who we may have missed before the internet comes knocking on our door. Let's start out right friggin' here. Mixed martial arts knockout of the year. And Luke Thomas, your nominees, Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. We all remember that front kick from hell. I mean, Luke, that's gnarly. That was pretty damn gnarly, right? That was insane. Um, hate to see it because we all love Tony, and that was his fourth in this stretch of five defeats. But Tony was putting it on him in round one. People forget that, Luke. Chandler even had a shoot. But then in round two, man, I think it was like 18 seconds in or something, just walked right in. Just walk right in. Sit right down. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was some great shit. Uh, number two, how about the head kick heard round the world? Fifth round, Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman, Salt Lake City. Enough said. We have a new welterweight champion and a real-life Rocky story. Luke, this isn't fighter of the year or fight of the year debate which or any other. This is just about the knockout. But you can't remove those 
those attachments to this knockout, the fact that he was down on the scorecards, that it looked like he was done, the fact that his corner gave him a speech from a Rocky movie before round five, and then John Anik, like two seconds before, was like, no, guys, he's not cut of that cloth. He would never quit, basically. You know what I'm saying here. And then he freaking delivers that, Luke. And it wasn't lucky. It was something he had worked on in training camp. I mean, this is a magical moment. It's also a sick knockout. Yeah, this is my winner. I mean, I know we're supposed to wait until we do through all of them, but you're taking a long time yeah, to thanks do for, it. Yeah, so. thanks for ruining the suspense, Luke. I mean, this is great. This is great. We, I mean, you're taking forever. We're going to be here for three hours if you, at this pace. But, but it'll be the best three hours of your week. I think no, you know it'll be that. the worst. It'll be the worst. But this is, for, I mean, I don't need to add much to it. They, 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 MMA stories, finishes, moments don't coalesce like this very often. It would take something special to ever top something like this on a list. Nominee number three, Weili Zhang knocks out Ioana young Jacek. And their rematch from the maybe the best female fight of all time uh, a couple years back. This was competitive in the first round. People forget that as well. Joanna came in the best shape of her career, but that spinning back fist in round two. Look, it wasn't just the nastiness of the knockout, the stakes of the fight. Also, Joanna was coming forward as that shot hit. Dude, that that was like central casting the way she dove forward. It was like the perfect knockout. And it was a it felt like a firm changing of the guard. Yes. Firm. Like, I'm up here, you're down there now. For And that's how this is going to be oh, majorly dramatic and majorly impactful. Huge. And what, what added to that moment was Joanna retiring after, although obviously she's teased potentially coming back since then. But that was a big night. It was a big moment. Also, number four, Luke, we can't forget this one. One championship, Demetrius Johnson knocking out um, Adriano Marais in the rematch of the title that Marais won. Remember, DJ comes to one, wins the tournament, gets the title shot, loses by upkick knee knockout there. Luke, did Mighty Mouse get the exact same knockout on the exact same position that happened in the first fight? Like, this is poetic almost. Yeah, I mean, very different setup and execution. But, you know, in a freeze frame moment, they look the same. But just a total... Um, reminder of the quality of this fighter, a total reminder about what he can do, how thoughtful he is, how well he puts the game together, how resilient he is mentally. I mean, you could go on and on. What a win. Beautiful win itself. Major stakes. Tremendous, tremendous knockout. Dude, I think this could win. I think Whaley could win. Uh, the final one, you can't forget this, and you reminded me of that. Sean Strickland, Alex Padeda. This fight had stakes. Essentially, it was the number one contender opportunity. But boy, did uh, Poetan deliver the two-piece from hell, Luke, to leave no doubt. <coughs> this is one of my favorite knockouts of the year. Partly because uh, the way it made him look. He just kind of limped, you know, after he got hit, basically. And uh, just shows you the destructive potential and accuracy of a guy like Poetan. Incredible. All right, look, you gave your winner, my winner. It's the same thing. Rocky, Leon Edwards, uh, it had everything. It was perfect. You may not find a better knockout of the year candidate ever. Let's just say that. Uh, quick honorable mentions on the way out, Luke. Cheeto Vera, Dom Cruz was tough to watch, but that was beautiful. Uh, that right hand from Ilya Teporia against Jai Herbert. You can't forget that, dude. That was from hell. Brutal. Dude, don't forget Spartan Koreshkov either, uh, who had that spinning back kick knockout in Bellator against Chase Rancounter. And broke five of his ribs on it. It was gnarly to see that. Um, I'm glad that made the list. People forgot about that one, but that is one of the most brutal KOs I've ever body shot KOs I've ever seen in MMA or boxing. It was he a quick breaks shot five of, of his ribs here in one go, just like that. Shattered him. Damn. Look at that. I mean, he's so savage. Uh, 
Luana Carolina and the spinning backfist from Molly McCann also needs mention. But how about Jamal Hill versus Johnny Walker? I tried to fight to keep this in the list, Luke. Johnny Walker had one of the most angelic, like, like the ghost was coming out of his body, as gnarly as that is to say. Like, he got hit by his... It looked like a basic right hand. Obviously, it was powerful because it's Jamal Hill. But, dude, his body self-combusted and just, like, launched against the cage. It was wild. Beautiful. You, you like that KO more than I do, but it's a good KO. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Let's go to submission of the year in MMA, Luke. Your nominees are... Paul Craig doing Paul Craig shit after Nikita Kreloff beat his ass for nearly a full round. Paul Craig works that into a, uh, was that an armbar, Luke? It happened like that. You cannot, I mean, like, what do, what do you call this, Luke? Head and arm here? Triangle choke? Tri what it's a triangle call? choke, yeah. Yeah. Um, the fact that it came in a, when he was getting his ass beat, and then he went from getting his ass beat to winning like that, that's the kind of submissions I love, Luke, when it's just like, oh, shit, the whole fight turned and now it's over. Yeah, Paul Craig has decided that a great way to lock up submissions is to enter into very dangerous situations where he's taking punishment. The punishment is what psychologically and positionally opens him up. If you go back and watch this one, um, notice how Paul Craig has his feet in the hips of Krilov, which uses him to space him out and then shoot the triangle underneath it and it worked to perfection. But to your point, you had to take some abuse before Krillov would really commit to it. So, incredible. Nominee number two, Jessica Andrade. How about that standing head and arm choke against Amanda Limos? Uh, that was just pure strength. And the fact that, like, you don't see it attempted on that, like, standing clinch the, the exact way that she did it, Luke. It was aggressive, and she choked the life out of her. Yeah, you have to be stupid strong to do this. I just can't overstate this. Most people get it by locking it, and then the way they cinch it is by like turning the faucet, so to speak, when they when they go cross body like this, right? It actually turns the 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 choke tight. But to do it parallel with someone standing, so you can't even use gravity to force into them. Holy shit, dude! You have to be very strong for that. Uh, round five in Singapore for number three. Wow. Yuri Prohatska subbing out Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt legend Glover Teixeira in the final stretch of round five there of their just insane Rocky movie meets video game fight. Uh, it was a title fight. There was insane sways of momentum, but the guy got the submission that isn't known for it against the lead. I mean, look, it wasn't like the most beautiful one and Glover kind of tapped quick. He was exhausted and like, on the edge of just implosion after just a, I mean, a war. But this has got to be high on the list. You can't, you got, you can make this all the way number one if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's the most beautiful rear naked choke you're ever going to see, but to have the presence of mind to do that after one of the most pitched battles you're ever going to see between, you know, the case of Glover, not only talented, extremely experienced and very good on the ground, and then to be as resilient and then again, presence of mind as Prohachka, incredible. Uh, PFL, this was in the regular season. Stevie Ray versus Anthony Pettis won. Uh, Stevie Ray won both of these matchups, including one in the playoffs, the rematch, but it was a body triangle, Luke, which you almost never see. Pettis broke ribs. He ended up tapping due to the pain, but, dude, he manhandled him. And, and also, like, you know, where he was able to, like, cork, um, pop the ribs by sort of pulling on the his his. his separating his ribs apart essentially in the way he had locked him in it wasn't just the body triangle body triangles are pretty useful under the right guys ivan salivary was very good with body triangles and making people hurt um and then this one you know 
it's a it's a, it's not a high percentage thing you're going to find, but the right guy knows the right kinds of immediate diagnostics to make something painful. And for yeah. Stevie Ray to pull that off, pretty pretty special. And you're right. There was like a twister element that just effed Pettis up. Final nominee. This came in a title fight. Charles Oliveira was in a war with Justin Gaethje, as we expected. But he went from taking damage to delivering it to taking the back to getting the tap and just showed you weaving together, Luke, everything that makes this guy a wizard and a master, a chef's kiss on this one. And also, remember, Gaethje had taunted him as a quitter. <clears throat> and so he goes in here and then makes the other guy tap, you know. This isn't, again, is this the most spectacular rear naked choke you'll ever see? It's a very good one, but maybe not the most spectacular or something. But it's evidence. It's like, it's like why is Charles Oliveira good? Like, look at how nimble and immediate and threatening yeah. and lethal everything is when he's dialing in, dialed in. It's incredible to watch. Yeah, burning them, Luke. He gets quick and nimble. He also goes crazy when he hears that symbol. Uh, five five strong nominees. Who Super you got? I'm tempo. excited to. I'm excited to find out here, Vanilla. Who you got? Who's your choice? It's, it's an interesting list. Um, there, no, none of these are like dramatically better than the other ones. They're all different, but they're not dramatically better. Um, I'm probably going to go Andrade and Lemos. I just Ooh. can't get over how the the previous to this one, there was a Brian Foster got uh, head and arm triangled by um, Rick Story inside of Brian Foster's guard. Now that's wow. I can't tell you that's also very very difficult to do, but you still have gravity there, right? You still have help. You don't have shit on this one, nothing. And Brian Foster, I don't think was a ranked guy in the same way that Lemos was. Like this is a talented fighter. And Andrade just fucking boa constricted her in, in a just superhuman way. Like, dude, you could roll for five years, ten <clears> years, <throat> and never meet someone who can do that. I don't know if I ever met someone who could do that. Uh, that's crazy. That's crazy. I, I, I respect the. I respect that pick, Luke. I've been back and forth. You know, I did a full one eighty on this. From me not even having Oliveira Gaethje on there to begin with, to to rewatching the clips retaking in account, into account what was at stake and everything. I'm going to go Oliver here, Luke. That was everything that makes him great and dangerous and resilient and incredible and the technique and the reversal and just, yeah. I mean, dude, he, what a great year. Uh, honorable mention this quickly, Luke. Claudio Poejas had the Clay Guida knee bar, but he basically took his leg and bent it backwards and just stared at him as he tapped. Luke, that was gnarly, okay? Uh, Oliver Enkamp in Bellator is known for that buggy choke. The one he got on Mark Leminger was like a pretzel, right? Yes. The buggy choke is like a choke you can do underneath when you're in, you're, if someone is on top of you and they are inside control. It's a little on the gimmicky side. It does work, but um, he made it work here. And uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov, shout out to him. He had some standing stuff going on. But the two other ones, Luke, are title ones. Mikey Mormal reminded me, obviously, Islam Machev against the submission expert himself, Charles Oliveira, given the stakes, the dominance, and the fact that he went in there and subbed that guy. Damn, that's on there. But, Luke, do you have love in your heart for Zhang Weili, who put Carla Esparza, the, the, the dominant wrestler, into a crucifix and spread out her other arm so she couldn't defend and then sunk in the choke dude that was nasty yeah it was pretty nasty she's a remarkable talent still for me is not <coughs> up there with the very 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 best of the year personally speaking but i couldn't knock it if i tried all right boxing ko of the year should be a good one here number one luke you remember pbc on fox on the wilder pay-per-view caleb plant not known as a puncher 
Oh boy, the trash talk with Anthony Durrell led to this incredible shot where he went to the body, brought down the guard of Durrell, and a rapid left hook to to just, I mean, damn, look at that picture. Damn, Luke. Shout out to Caleb Plant. You didn't expect that. You, you, you did not expect that. Did not expect that. No, and it was beautifully set up. Caleb Plant, not known, as he mentioned, a heavy puncher. You could see him doing the Tito Ortiz grave digger, which was a big controversy. In boxing, I couldn't believe it, but it was. But, uh, dude, you know, listen, Caleb Plant gets a lot of shit, you know, because he is a slickster and uh, up and, like, you know, he gave Canelo a good run, but he didn't beat him. And before that, it was like Uskategi and some other guys. But you watch him, man, and, and true acts and shit. But, like, dude, he can box. He's very, very slick, very good. And then for this one to, like, out of nowhere, you know, Jarrell's older, obviously, but for him to just so smoothly set this up where he waited a beat and then came over the top after fainting low. Golly, dude, it was fantastic. And, dude, they had talked a ton of shit in this one. It was an ugly rivalry. And it was, dude, ugly rivalries being settled bruta like, with brutality. That That's, I, I kind of like that, you know? Like, I felt bad for Jose Aldo, but, boy, it put the finality on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, with him and Connor. And don't this forget. Felt, this is not the same level, obviously, but pretty pretty big. Don't forget, you and I interviewed Andre Durrell, the brother of Anthony Durrell, who's, you know, arguably better than, you know, in terms of pure talent is fantastic. Even he was like, uh, when we talked to him ahead of that uh, prelims fight that we yep. called, he was like, uh, yeah, dude, my brother talked a lot of shit. He kind of had it coming. I can't really hate on Caleb. You know, he's like, members of my family are really upset, but I can't really hate on him. Uh, number two came in England. Oh, my God. Lee Wood and Michael Conlon put on an absolute war. But it was Wood down on the scorecards. I believe this was the final round, right? He not only knocked out Mick Conlon, dude, he sent him through the ropes and onto the floor. Holy shit. This fight in this moment. Damn, Luke. B BC, correct me if I'm wrong. Not only did Conlon get sent to the floor, but before that, you mentioned he was winning. Didn't he drop Wood at least one or two times? before that had in the early rounds like he came out conlon did on fire correct yeah i don't remember uh the amount or i'd have to i'd have to go oh, back i'm gonna it. pull up the scorecards because i remember him not i mean either way to your point he had started very strong and wood was kind of pulling it back in the middle doing definitely doing much better later but he needed the 12th round to win boy, boy did he get it holy smokes Damn. Nominee number three, Gervonta Davis. Luke, despite the headlines of now, we all remember the Roley Romero feud, the back and forth, and then the knockout. Dude, I mean, that's like Mayweather on Ricky Hatton times two. Remember when he sent Hatton face first into the corner post? And it was just like, damn, this was like that, but worse almost. This shows you the power, and obviously Roley ran into it. I mean, he ran right into it, Luke. It was unfortunate for him. You know? Yeah, but it was beautifully set up. He timed him coming in, and uh, those are the best ones. Not only is Punk, or was it Punk, what am I saying? Not only is Tank a hard puncher, uh, he's a devastating puncher, but this one was like cleverly set up, um, and Roley was outmatched here. Uh, the big rematch earlier this year in Japan, Naoa Inoue versus Nonito Donaire. Uh, unification at Bantamweight. They had not only the fight of the year two years earlier, but, but arguably the best fight boxing has seen in like the last decade. Like seriously. Dude, this rematch was a, a like... I mean, it was like taking the great old dog out back. I mean, look, he kicked the shit out of him. And I hate to say that because Donaire is the best ever. We love Donaire. Dude, he got hammered out. Uh, yeah, we were we we talked about this fight in the lead up to it on the show being like, man, the first one was so competitive and, you know, in a way thugged it out after getting his face broken. Dude, there was no remnant of that in this one. I mean, yeah, 
not even close. Fucking Inouye went in there. And I, again, I also hate to say it because Donaire is such a special fighter and we're lucky to have had him. But fucking Inouye was taking out the trash. I mean, it was ugly. Um, hey, what do you make of Donaire working with uh, Zhang Wei Li lately as her new boxing coach? Can't I don't know hurt. if it's. I don't know if it's like a permanent thing, but she went in, into his camp and like worked with him. Good, good. Get better at it. Can't hurt. She's yeah. got time to skill build. Get get on with it. But dude, in a way, was frightening here. Oh, absolutely. Our fifth nominee from England, Luke. A lot of people love this right hand. Joe Cordina against Kenichi Ogawa was just a, I mean, a missile, and and you know Ogawa imploded there. Uh, I've even seen some publications uh, name this their knockout of the year. We couldn't forget yeah, it. The fight it. was also great as well. Here's, but, here's uh, what I can say. We, with, this may or may not be your fight of the year, or excuse me, your knockout of the year. May or may not. But it's the best. I think it's the best one-hitter quitter on the list. Yeah. I think even yeah. Conlon was a little bit accumulative, you know. Yeah. All right, Luke. Five nominees. We certainly could have put others on there. You and I did. We mo Most of our awards we didn't discuss beforehand. We discussed this, and I think you put me back in the right place. Dude, this Wood Conlon one, it was like legendary. Yeah, it, the answer here has to be Wood Conlon. And again, uh, just a reminder, I looked it up. Conlon did knock him down in the very first round. Conlon knocked Wood down in the very first round. So, like, dude, everything started bad for, for Wood. But he slowly stuck at it, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And then in that final round, dude, sent him packing where he folded over. And then, dude out of the ring. Now, yeah. obviously, Conlon's okay, but this is like, also, this is one of those knockouts where you're like, dude, you were worried about the other guy. Like, is he going to get up? Is he going to be okay? They had to send him to the hospital. He couldn't even do the post-fight press conference. Would, I mean, ended it. Yeah. Just tremendous win. Yeah, late night would, Luke. As opposed to morning, but it's still it's still hard, Luke, right? I mean, That damn, was, that was midday would. Yeah, it was. Uh, honorable mentions, can't forget Deontay Wilder's one punch against Hellenius. The punch wasn't great, but Hellenius, like, died in front of us. You hate to say that. It's 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 a bad thing to say, but he, like, exploded, Luke. It was over. Um, I also have to say Frank Gore had a pro debut. This is not, not on a Jake Paul card, but he had one in, like, a local Miami, you know, smoker. Dude, he destroyed a man almost the same way Julian Let Me Bang Lane went to Russia in his pro debut this year. And got splattered. Both of those could have been nominees as well, Luke. Do you remember anything else, or are you, you good? No, I think that list about covers it for me. Yeah, that's it. Boxer of the Year, Luke. Here are five nominees. Dimitri Bivol, the unbeaten light heavyweight champion, who upset Canelo Alvarez to defend his title. And then against mandatory but very tough 44-0, Zerto Ramirez Bivol. God, did he put it on him. What a year. Number two, Jesse Bam Rodriguez. Probably the best boxer in the world that we never talk about on this show, but he's from the lower weight classes. He's like 22 years old. He's an aggressive southpaw. He moved up in weight to 115 this year, had three victories, including taking a title from Carlos Cuadras, who's a tough out, knocking out Srisiketsor Rungvisai, which is no shortage of a feat, and then coming back and defending his title by decision in his third fight. Um... Jesse Bam Rodriguez, like, jumped through our screen, and uh, the fights were somewhat under the radar, so he didn't get a lot of love, but boxing fans know he's in this discussion. Katie Taylor, what else can you say? Uh, stayed unbeaten, but had the biggest women's match in history that actually, like, exceeded expectations and won the, a close fight in that. Uh, she's in this just as well as Clarissa Shields. I also want to shout out women's boxing, who had two victories, but the Savannah Marshall fight was monstrously huge. 
and dangerous. Marshall showed in the loss here that she's world-class. I mean, look, this could have been almost like a sneaky fight of the year contender. Like, Shields had to earn it here. And when you consider she was, she took two MMA fights the year before and only boxed once and then just comes right back into the sport and shows her dominance. She's a nominee. Our final one, the monster, Naola Inoue, the first undisputed 118-pound champion here at Bantamweight. The Paul Butler fight was almost a joke in the end, but he still found a way to knock him out, and he destroyed the legend, Nonito Donaire, and he's your pound-for-pound pound king. Interesting ballot here, Luke. Who you got? Um, <coughs> this one's, I think, pretty easy for me. I'm going to go with Bivol. Bivol is my boxer of the year. Um, just two fights. I usually like it when they're more active, but you got to get what you got to get. Dismantling Canelo. I don't care what the scores said. It was not that close. Um, he was just much better. Certainly much bigger, but he was much better. And then to go that go in there and then against Zerto Ramirez and just kind of dummy him a little bit. I mean, Ramirez was barely ever in that contest, and he looked better than he did, Bivol did, than in the Canelo fight. I mean remarkable, well-rounded talent, defensively strong, brilliant setups, always in position or out of position when he needs to be. Um, a joy to watch if you really like boxing. Got to be Bivol for me. Not only do the accomplishments tell me Bivol, and he's my pick as well, and I think it's kind of becoming unanimous across the sport, but like, here's why for me. He had been safe and boring most of his career before this calendar year. No one disrespected his technical ability but, dude, I mean, if he can control you from the outside and not to take chances, he's going the distance with that style. In these two specific fights, though, Canelo, because of Canelo's skill level and the fact that, hey, look, it's hard to get a decision against Canelo, and obviously against a bigger, stronger, more dangerous opponent in Zerto Ramirez, dude, Bivol had to be a different fighter if he was going to win both of those. He became that. He, he stayed with the defensive technical structure he had, but he was offensive. And, Luke, in both of those fights... His combinations are quick, straight, and potent and fluent. I mean, fluid, excuse me. Dude, he's um he's nasty when he goes after it. That's why this better be fight next year. Oh god, oh god, you know? Oh god. Right? Uh, oh god. Oh god. Um Alexander Usyk, who only had one fight, but look, upset Joshua a second time. Uh is in this discussion. I thought Devin Haney, although you're gonna discount because it's Cambosis, but he became the undisputed lightweight champion and twice had to travel overseas and do it on other people's terms for his contract to do that. And he did that and he looked insanely great doing it. Um, anyone else we're forgetting or that you want to shout out here, Luke? Um, yeah, no, Haney and Usyk, I think a lot of people would be surprised we're not on our list and Shields was. But I thought you made an important argument about like what Shields is actually doing this year. So, that's Absolutely. Uh, let's close out boxing here with our fight of the year. And number one, this was on the PBC Showtime undercard of Chris Colbert's upset loss to Hector Luis Garcia. Do you remember Jerwin and Cajas versus Fernando Martinez? Dude, this was <laughs> this was so fun to watch. It it was it was raw at times. It was wild as shit. Both took big, clean punches and kept coming back. But Luke Fernando Martinez of Argentina, this was his coming out party. And even though he took on heavy damage at times. He was the more skillful fighter, and he also was a dog in there. Don't forget about this fight. It came in, you know, January of, of this calendar year. Yeah, this was on Showtime, if memory serves, right? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. it was, Luke, as I mentioned um, there. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm just looking at the list here. I didn't see it, it, that part. But yes, I mean, 
tremendous, tremendous. Dude, like one of those, how do I say this exactly? Like I wouldn't want every boxing fight to be this way, but if I could get one fight like this on every card, I would never (laughs) watch another sport. No, you might be right. Yeah, I know you might be right. And by the way, remember during the post-fight interview, he had Felix De Jesus as a translator and Jim Gray was asking him and he took out a list of like everybody he needed to thank for the victory and just kept going and going and Gray's trying to cut him off. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. He's like, my hairdresser is great. Felix De Jesus is great. Like my Spanish is limited. But there are times these guys go on long tangents. He'll just summarize that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, he's happy. He's happy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, number two, the aforementioned fight from the UK, Lee Wood versus Michael Conlon. It was our yeah. knockout of the year. I mean, unbelievable. It had big stakes, and Conlon was fighting very aggressive to make this a fun war. Dude, hold uh, on. Can damn. I say something? It's one thing when, like, you're watching highlights on your phone or on TV <clears throat> or whatever, and you see someone roll out of the ring or, or something like that. But when you're watching a fight like this live, and these are not the two best in the weight class, but these are, you know, these are international class fighters here, right? When you're watching this in real time and the crowd, I, this is the other part you can't you can't miss. Conlon was in enemy territory here, right? That Wood was the hometown guy. The crowd was going bananas. Conlon was up. And then to watch in real time as Wood storms back and sends him kind of just like a jellyfish almost beautifully in a way. I don't mean, I know it was dangerous, but like beautifully through the ropes that way. When you watch it in real time, dude, it's impossible to forget. You will always remember where you were when you see something like that. No doubt about it. Here's one, a nominee that was very under the radar. It was like on a DAZN co-main event, but Jesse Vargas and Liam Smith, two veterans, 154 pounds, both former champions. Uh, They just had one of these, like somebody has to win this to move forward and get a big fight. So we're just going to, we're just going to throw. And two skilled guys came in there and threw. That was a sneaky good fight on this list. Luke, New York City, Madison Square Garden, undisputed lightweight championship out. Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. I mean, did this have everything? But it, did this also have more pressure to not live up to expectations in any fight in like the history of the sport? And yet it was better than expected. It was a disputed split decision. It was in 10 insane rounds in terms of pace but also skill and will Serrano landed big shots and wobbled a uh, Taylor at times, but she put together some late round surges and rallies using activity. Like she always does bit down on her mouth guard. I believe I did score this for Serrano, but it definitely was a flip the coin. And Oh, by the way, it was at Madison square square garden in the main event in the fight being billed as the biggest fight in women's history between arguably the two great, like, you know, shouts at Leila Ali and, you know, but arguably when it's all said and done, two that will be in the discussion for greatest women's fighters of all time. I love this fight. And I've said, I said that on this night, and I'm going to say it again. That's the best women's boxing fight I've ever seen. And I don't even know what would be number two. Yeah. I mean, this was so far ahead of everything else I've seen from women's boxing. It was a prelude, or I should say a window rather, into what it could be. Although, you know, reminder, it was two-minute rounds, which kind of, I hate that. But um, sold out MSG, insane crowd, two of the very best you'll see in the women's side of the game, giving it everything that they had, using every resource they had to try and win, close disputed decision, fun. I mean, so much fun to watch that. Just a joy. What a joy it was to watch that contest. Our fifth and final one, Luke, we saw it on Showtime. It was a rematch for the undisputed junior middleweight championship, 154. 
Brian Castaño had to settle for a disputed draw against Jermel Charlo in their first meeting. Also a very fun fight. This one had Charlo with that mean streak that he gets when he feels like he's been wronged and he gets a second chance. Luke, he sent Brian Castaño in the end down with some vicious shots that you're seeing here. But, dude, this fight was great. Uh, you can't not shout it out. Loved it. I, I, I said this um, on the Monday after we did the show. Remember something. You know, we all thought that, like, pre-fight, you know, based on the first fight, we thought pre-fight, like, Charlo's got to get off the ropes, man. Like, you know, you're going to spend some time there, but you got to get off the ropes to win. And it turned out he had a great game plan for being against the ropes. And that is exactly where he hurt Brian Castaño. I know the Charlos get a lot of shit from people. Sometimes it's deserved, you know. Um, the Lions only thing is a bit gimmicky and weird. But I'll say this, man. I think both of them can fight. And obviously, Jermel being the the one of 54 undisputed guy tells you about his abilities. This was such a great win for him. I don't know, honestly, if he gets the credit for this that he deserves. He gets it from you and me. I know he does there. I love this fight, and I loved how Castaño made Charlo better as a boxer, made him yes. better as a tactician, and upped his level so that whoever gets him after this has got an even tougher assignment on their hands. What a fight. This wasn't just a great game plan from Derek James, who we don't have a boxing trainer of the year discussion here, but he would win it in my in my eyes this year, right? What he did with Frank Martin, Errol Spence in this but also Jermel had to buy in on getting inside, going inside, fighting Castanio on his own terms, but relying on faster hands, better technique to then get his power shots off. He had to welcome a lot of danger. He had to go into Castanio's wheelhouse and knock him out. And he did that. And Luke, it's it's unfortunate. He was supposed to fight Tim Zhu on January 28th on Showtime in Vegas. I know. Uh, Charlo's injured. It's postponed. And people were giving Charlo shit. So he actually put his like, doctor's x-ray and note up on the twitter just it to drives show people. me nuts dude it's like this guy is the i mean just think about this for a second this guy has all the fucking belts in this weight class and you've got jabronis on social media challenging his the authenticity of his claims about injury it's like dude jermel charlo is tougher than all of you all of you what i mean how how let me ask you how accomplished do you have to be before people stop doing that. I don't I don't know I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, Luke. Um there's your five nominees. Who's your pick, Thomas? Great question. I did love the I did love the Jamal Charlo Brian Castaño win a lot, but um dude, I'm going to go Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. I feel like this was you know, in many ways not the biggest fight of the year, but in many ways quite big. But it over-delivered as you said previously. It was everything we hoped it could be. It was so great. And dude, you know, listen, a lot of times, it's not because we're saying women are unequal, but the women's side of the game is not equal to the men's side, in part because of the way in which we've treated it. We won't let it be that much. We don't, they, don't even, they don't even have the same rules, right, about the number of rounds and how many minutes and all that kind of stuff. Like, we don't treat it equally. And yet on this night, you didn't even hardly notice it. On yeah. this night, they transcended all of the limitations on the game in ways that made it utterly forgetting, forgetful. And what all that mattered was two absolute dogs getting after it in the best way they could. It was a magical night. It was a memorable night. It was a historic night. And I tip my hat to everyone else on this list. But I think the ladies got it this time. Amen. I agree with you. Um, 
they also left you wanting more. Like, you don't need to do that, but they also True. left you wanting a rematch, True. like, with three-minute rounds, you know, 12 minute round, twelve minutes of three-minute rounds. Like, let's go all out. Let's give them the chance. They're worth it. Uh, damn. All right, Luke, I don't want to miss... Uh, Dan Raphael, for his Substack uh, subscription service, gave Seventhai Nonchinga versus Hector Flores, which was well below the radar, but Dan's always been ahead of the game at going around the globe and finding any stream as his fight of the year in boxing. I would have been fine with anyone picking Wood against Conlon. I know we left out a few others that could have been in here. There's a Japanese one that was a title fight as well, but, you know, I'll get accused of chopping my hand maybe, Luke, but there's other great fights out there, but I, you can't beat Taylor versus Serrano. Luke, you know what you also can't beat? Mm. Well, we're building here with one of our favorite sponsors, Money Lion, this partnership as we love to do, watch combat sports as our fans do over each weekend and kind of identify in the undercard or short of the main event, Who's coming the hell on? I mean, who is about to become something and making their move and getting attention and being an absolute hammer? Last month, it was Aaron Blanchfield for our inaugural run, but Money Lion and Morning Combat are combining for this month's Hammer of the Month. You voted on social media. You used the hashtag of Holy Hammer or Hammer of the Month. You went at Money Lion on Twitter. You went at Money Lion Inc. on Instagram. You even went to the website. Do we have that? Isn't it like moneylion.com slash morning combat? Yes. You did a lot of good stuff for us. Our nominees for this month, as we revealed on Wednesday, are Ilya Teporia uh, for that Bryce Mitchell assassination, Luke, right? Yep. Roman DeLidze, who took Jack Hermanson and just, well, put him into a pretzel lock. Patchy Mix, maybe the rare exception of somebody in like a featured bout that we put on here, but his submission in the Bellator uh, Grand Prix just just continuing an insanely great year and stretch for him. And God, was he just nasty. He put Magomed Magomed off to sleep. How about Billy Quarantillo? Once again, Billy Q getting into a war on a night of wars for the UFC, but surviving the damage, showing that he's got that dog in him, Luke, and coming back and making this list in a very competitive month. Our fans have voted. We have voted behind the scenes. Our votes have consummated. And the winner is... For December 2022, your hammer of the month from Money Lion, Ilya Toporia. Damn, Luke. Hot damn. That's the right call, dude. He beat an undefeated Bryce Mitchell so bad he had Mitchell contemplating whether he wanted to retire from the sport. Damn. I mean, he put a fucking beating on that kid. And dude, Bryce Mitchell is good. Bryce Mitchell is very good. That's not a bullshit fighter at all. Bryce Mitchell is a talented guy. You know, and tough and and durable and skilled. And Taporia just assassinated him. Dude, Taporia, I think I've said this before, Taporia needs to work on his energy management and his resource management because the way he fights, I am worried it's not going to scale for 25 minutes. But in terms of abilities, this dude is, I mean, I would be shocked if he doesn't wear gold at some point. I'd be shocked. Well, he's a, really he's an absolute hammer. So per the deal as the Money Lion Hammer of the Month for Morning Combat, Luke, he will receive the physical Money Lion Hammer. We'll get in touch with him. Uh, maybe we can get a drug rug on, on him, Luke. I would ask RJ Bangbus Breaker to uh, to maybe throw one of those in the package as well when we mail it out. But uh, shout out to Ilya Tupora. He deserves it, uh, even if I butcher his last name there by accident. And a big thank you to all the fans who participated and uh, thanks to our sponsor, Money Lion Luke. Uh, Taporia is a hammer. He's now going to be able to uh, put one on the mantle to prove that. We got a couple more awards so, so here, on. Luke. So now the Hall of Hammers is Aaron Blanchfield, 
and Ilya Taporia. I got to say, so far, I feel like you can't look at the Hall of Hammers and say anything other than, yeah, th those are deserving people right there. Yeah, stop. Hammer time. Yeah, Luke, right? You know, I mean, look, we do have to pray just to make it today. He was right on that. Now, Cut the it out. The banana hammock. The banana hammock and the pumps and the bumps, you know. I mean, you know, if you like that, then it was it was right up your alley. It was a desperate move, though. From we should from... we should get those like, um, you know, how those tennis balls come in like the like the long cans or whatever, and yeah. then just put those in our dungarees and then recreate the pumps and the bump video. Uh, Luke, our next uh, category is event of the year in the sport of mixed martial arts. Uh, I wish we could have this category for boxing, but they don't always give us. Uh, you know, this deep of a spread. But Luke, what is your choice here? Uh, in a loaded year across not just UFC, but dude, Bellator had some bangers. One made a major leap in our consciousness. PFL was on point and with a very intelligent cage. What's your pick for event of the year? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, UFC 275, Teixeira versus Prohachka. Love this card. Obviously, the main event was, you know, I mean, look, look at the card here. So your main event was, I mean, what do I need to tell you about that? Shevchenko Santos had drama, right? Because Santos was winning these grappling exchanges, or at least so we thought. To your point about Zhang Wiley getting the submission of the year uh, nod, potentially, with this win over Carla Esparza. Jake Matthews, um, you know, KOing Andre Fialio is amazing. Uh, Jack Dilla Madalena doing the same thing to Ramazan and Meave. And then you could just go on down the list from there. How about this? Um, uh, Joshua Kulabal had a split decision, okay, but... Mahashate KO the Brendan Allen fight against Jacob Malkoon was a back and forth. Uh, Look, Kyung I don't Ho mean Kang. to dead wrong. I don't mean to dead wrong our team, but that Jung Wei Lee fight was the Yoana rematch. That Asparza is there in error. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. You you're very much correct. Hold on. So let's go one more time. I'm glad you caught that. Yes, UFC 275. Of course, Prohachka and Teixeira correct. Shevchenko and Santos had the drama. Then you had the Zhang and the Yinjechek. And by the way, there's another one for KO of the year candidate, right? So you can just sub in one for another. Tremendous, tremendous finish. Then you have Matthews over Fialio, Jack Dela Madalena against Ramazan Amiv. And then you had some decisions all the way through, but you had these really weird, um, so, sort of fun fights. How about the Silvana gomez Juarez fight over Young, where she just viciously one-punch KO'd her? Like, that card oh, yeah. was tremendous. Oh, yeah. Luke, that's a great card. It could have been my pick. It was in discussion for it. My choice in the end, though, takes us back to July 23rd of this year. London, the O2, you know what I'm talking about. It was actually a UFC fight night card, but UFC London, Tom Aspinall versus Alexander Volkov in that main event. Um, it felt like a pay-per-view. It had that transition of energy from fight to fight that creates this feeling like anything could happen. And obviously a big part of that was Patty Pimblett and Molly McCann, uh, Molly Meatball coming together and really being like... You know, even though sometimes I say, man, that's too much meatball on my screen. Dude, they, they represented their 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 home area, the, the passion of those fans well. They got big wins. They were running around on each other's shoulders. But, it, dude, that energy that carried, that spirit from fight to fight, that's special. Um, I If you just ask me straight up, what, what was the best night you had watching, you know, fights this year i know this took place in the afternoon but this was this was a great one it's hard to to forget that and you look back luke and you know that paul craig uh submission of the year nominee against krilov um you know big moments here Ilya tapora had that knockout of the year contender against against herbert this is on the same card molly mccann spinning back fist like there's a lot of shit that went down on here yeah do we always sort of default to the pay-per-views but 
Sometimes the fight nights have really special mojo. This is one of them. Also, the Long Island card, the UFC and ABC card was great. Um, the one in uh, Texas, I forget which city it was, was also great. Um, the one that Yanez knocked out, the racist guy, I forget his name, but um, you get the idea. So, like, it's not just the pay-per-views that do really well for, for the fans. It's, it, yeah, I had the wrong date. I was looking at the July return to London. The actual date was March 19th, so don't don't uh, dead wrong me. Same arena, but uh, very fun card that night. Uh, Luke, honorable mentions. Look, I got to mention Bellator when they went to Dublin. I mean, that was, that was, that could have won this, Luke. That feeling was something insane. Zombie, mm -hmm. right, Luke? I mean, there was a lot of craziness going on. How about UFC 270 with Nganu and Gan? Don't sleep on it, Luke. All right. Po point of note, um, International Fight Week didn't make it this year. It kind of tells you what kind of year it was. It was, it, yeah. they had some good fights on the card, but didn't make uh, it. You could have gone with the uh, 271 with Adesanya Whitaker, too. It was a very memorable card. Uh, UFC on ABC3, Luke. All right. MSG, how about MSG? No. Yeah, you could go there too. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, let's do it. MMA fight of the year. Your nominees. Uh, the aforementioned crazy night in Singapore when Glover Teixeira and Yuri Prohatska put on a light heavyweight duel for the, yeah, for the ages. The The thing for me was not just like the fact that they both sold out to this crazy game plan. They both mutually at some point agreed that this is going to be insane. You know what I'm saying, Luke? That you know they're they're taking each other down. I mean, dude, suddenly you had uh, you had Prohatska in top position. It was bloody. They hurt each other like crazy. Glover had long stretches of dominating on the ground. Then he also got dominated on the ground. But it wasn't just like video game meets Rocky movie fight. There was a, like a next level craziness to it that you just don't see in title fights consistently. You know, like you know UFC produces bangers like this every once in a while, and we love it. You get the right, you get Luke Rockhold and Paulo Costa together and things, weird things happen. But this was a title fight, dude. This was special. You got anything else to say about it before I move on, Luke? No, this was just one of the most amazing fights I'd seen in some time. Number two, Gilbert Vern Burns versus Hamzat Chemaev. Luke, the best thing you could say about this is it might have carried that same spirit. It didn't have to be as crazy of a war, but they both wanted it to be. Only, the only problem is it's a three-rounder, so it's going to be hard for me to give this one as the official fight of the year, but for what it was, it was... How come nobody's honest. talking about that it could have been 3-2 Gilbert? Nobody cares about fighting that argument. I don't, I don't understand it. 2-1 Gilbert. 2-1 Gilbert. Thank you for the math update. Uh, let's go to Cyril Gaon versus Tai Tuivasa, UFC Paris. Uh, this wasn't supposed to be this competitive. Gaon on the homecoming, looking to bounce back from losing the title fight. I thought he was just going to pick him apart from the outside, but dude, Tai Tuivasa bites down, takes punishment, and he started landing shots that dropped and visibly put Gone into that fight or flight area. But obviously, dude, Bongamin showed that he's like absolutely legit in the toughness department on this night. They gave us something that, that we almost didn't deserve. It didn't deserve to be that good, Luke. It didn't. That's right. And, you know, it was a big night for UFC because it was their debut in France. And um, they had a French guy in the main event who was victorious. But to your point, Tuivasa really made him work for it in ways we did not expect. And it just created a lot of magic. Tremendous, tremendous. Dude, uh, Tuivasa was never out of it, even as he was getting his ass handed to him late with those body kicks. He was still dangerous. But, dude, he took a hellacious beating, including that uppercut that finished him. Talk about knockout of the year nominees. Damn. 
Uh, number four, Luke, I didn't want to see this one slip by, dude. It was so good. One championship gave us a trilogy bout for the strawweight title, Angela Lee, Zhang Jing Nan, and it would go the, the way of Zhang to, to take the lead in this series, two fights to one with yet another, or this time it was a close decision, but didn't they finish each other in the first two fights, Luke, if yeah, my memory serves yeah, me? I mean, these are closely, closely matched competitors and. The difference was that uh, Jing Nan is a great boxer and then sort of physically stronger of the two and a great wrestler. But Angela Lee showing all... <coughs> Sorry. Showing, all kinds, of, showing yeah. all kinds of poise and the ability to create offense even when you think she can't and just sort of staying in Jing Nan's face. It was a really, really great fight. You're recreating the 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 heart shown by Tai Tuivasa to stay in that fight right now, Luke, and I can appreciate that, how you're staying yeah, in the show. It's trash. Our final one was, uh, our final contender is Madison Square Garden, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler. You knew these action heroes who had never met were going to give us something that would fit into the category of best fights we've seen from this same group of lightweights in this era, whether it's Gaethje or Alvarez or all those other names. I, I don't know if this is like in the conversation of best from this era, Luke. It was better than, than I even thought it could be over three rounds. It also showed that Dustin Poirier at 34 still freaking has it. But dude, you had... Bloody Chandler putting holes in, in fingers and DP's holes, Luke. You had a lot of blood. You had Chandler nearly getting stopped at the end of round one, only to like largely dominate round two, even though he got cut by an elbow from Poirier on the bottom. Dude, this was all that and then some tall, pale, and handsome, just like me, Luke. And dude, uh, I think it was um, Poirier who told Ariel Hawani afterwards he finished Gaethje. He finished Eddie Alvarez, and he finished Michael Chandler. That's the violence triangle. Damn. And Poirier turned out to be the king of all of them. Didn't just win those three, finished all three. Damn. Boy, that is, that is. And he finished Conor McGregor, too. Boy, that's quite a resume he's got. Uh, five choices here, all very strong. Luke Thomas, my winner is Glover Teixeira and Yeri Prohatska. And I, as good as the other ones were, I don't think this is actually close. I agree. I, I like the other ones a lot. I mean, we're talking about, you know, very special selection of fights, but dude, when you're watching Teixeira and Prohashka and you can't even compute round over round how this is happening when you're watching through your fingers, when you're just like, dude, there's this fight should have been over a long time ago, and yet one person keeps making it possible for the other and vice versa. Um, you know, I, I typically don't go with fights of the year that are crazy, but in this year, given the stakes... Five rounds, UFC light heavyweight title, and both guys pouring out the jug, as Brian Campbell likes to say. I just didn't have much of a choice. I think you have to pick this one. Uh, honorable mentions quickly. I, I did want to shout out Luke Rockhold and Paulo Costa. That was one of the just, I mean, that took the wacky part of of, of crazy that fights. That was too to like strange it. for me. It was strange as shit, but like, dude, that was prime entertainment. Like, you have to have that on this list. And Luke, Brent Brookhouse of CBS Sports went to bat in our own editorial meetings for Nate the Train Landwehr versus David Onama. Will you back him on that? No, not really. I mean, it was a fine fight, but Brent, you know, that's his... I mean, listen, we love Brent, but he's got some hipster. He's got some oh, hipster that's not fans. hipster. That's just... That's a that's a real fight fan, Brent. You know what I mean, Luke? He, knows, he is like, a real fight fan. Yes, yes. No, that's true. He is a real fight fan, but picking that one as, like, fight of the year is very hipster. Uh, that's in the discussion. We, I know there's other ones as well. So as always share what you thought we missed or whatever, but it's our choice. So back the hell off MMA fighter of the year. 
Your first selection, how about that featherweight champion, Alexander Volkanovsky. This calendar year, he became the pound-for-pound king. He destroyed the Korean zombie as a last-minute replacement. And didn't he finish him? Didn't he finish his ass, dude? He finished him and showed an offensive, not just potency, but like intention to go in there and do big-time damage. And then, of course, finally getting the trilogy with Max Holloway, and he battered and bloodied him. Damn, this was a great year for for a Volk, who's also, by the way, moving up to lightweight and taking on Islam Mahachev. So God, Luke, God bless him, right? Mm. That is a um, that's a special guy. That's a special that guy is. doing different things than other people, and his success is not accidental. Number two on our nominee list comes from Brazil and Poetan Alex Pededa, three and zero. He gets a decision against Bruno Silva, but what we remember most is knocking out Sean Strickland in a number one contender fight. And then, oh, by the way, uh, sorry that Leon Edwards stole his fifth round magic headline flurry. He also did that same thing down on the cards against Israel Adesanya. We know the backstory, the history between them. He showcased, meaning Poetan, next level intangibles from the standpoint of toughness, focus, poise, and a fight he was getting kind of pieced up in and basically was stopped at the end of the first round if it had gone another five seconds. And now he's your champion, dude. Um, that's a hell of a year. That's a hell of a star turn right there. Can't hate on that. Nope. Nope. I mean, what, you're just not going to find better years for a 34, 35-year-old fighter. Ever. Yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, what a year. You know what a great year, too? How about Islam Mahachev finally got the title shot against Charles Oliveira? And, dude, he didn't just win against, you know, someone who's kind of becoming an all-time great over the last year and a half right in front of our eyes. Dude, he submitted the guy with the most submissions in history, dominated him, barely took any damage in return. Everything was on point. He didn't have enough big-time name wins to, like, make this a slam dunk. So we have a couple horse race here, Luke, but you can't forget Islam Mahachev in that race. I mean... Even if he had only fought one time and it was the Oliveira fight, you might have to put him on this list. It's just such a c- complete takeover of the title. Yeah. Um, against a guy who was as red hot as he'd ever been. And Islam was like, you know, crazy. Yeah, he was like, here, take this. This is me. This is great. Uh, number four is Aljamain Sterling, the Bantamweight champion. It's hard to give him credit for the TJ debacle, but he also got the rematch with Piotr Jan. As the champion that no one believed should have been the champion from the DQ fight, and he beat him straight up. Pay that man his money, and he looked great doing it. Um, it's a big year for Aljo. The Dillashaw thing complicates it, Luke. But if if you don't put him as a top five nominee here, you're just hating. I think. I mean, dude, he's he's the head of the the deepest best division in the game. He's the guy. This the, the thing is this the TJ fight. He just didn't get a chance to. You just can't draw any conclusion from it, positive or negative, you know, um, a little bit positive, I suppose. But there's just not much you can read into it because of the state of TJ's injury. But, like, again, I'm going to say it one more time with Islam Makachev. If that was his only fight against Oliveira, you'd still put him on the list. Man, I got to tell you, like, I was a big believer in Aljamain Sterling early, and I kind of wandered off that when he had some losses. And now I really regret it because that win he had over Jan is so impressive and so difficult to pull off the way that he did. You just have to be really talented to do something like that, and uh, he deserves his flowers. I don't think, you know, candidly, I don't think he deserves to win the winner, but um, that performance alone, we, we need to have what, a category, BC, a new category 
like best performance, not you know um, biggest stakes or most wild or most fun well, or whatever. Best, like, I like to call it best win, Luke. And I think yeah, that like you who had, had the best win all year. I that, think Ngannou against Gon. Ngannou against Gon. Obviously, you could put Leon Edwards in there, but this has to be in there too. Yeah. You're right. There's no. I mean, he straight up beat Piotr Jan. I know there's some truthers that believe it could have gone the other way, but I don't. I don't see it. I don't believe it, Luke. So. Uh, how about the case, though, for number five on our list and the only female representation, Zhang Wei Li, who had lost her title, including by head kick knockout in the first round, and then lost the rematch to Rose Nama Yunus in 2021. She comes back, rematches Joanna, and after a decent, first, you know, pretty good first round with action and back and forth, I mean, she sent her to re- not just to hell, to retirement in one of the most spectacular knockouts in women's MMA history. And then, dude, she. As much as Islam Mahachev dominated Charles Oliveira, I know different, different, different strokes, but the same level of dominance Young Jung Wei Lee did to win back her title against Carla Esparza, the, the two-time champion who's no slouch herself. I mean, dude, she kicked the crap out of her and beat her at her own game and dominantly submitted her. She's in this discussion, dude. Hell yeah. And she's at the she is she has figured out after that title loss how to get better and we may not have actually seen the best of her. I know she's not young, Luke, but she's like rounding out the potential holes in her game at a rapid level. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, she just appears to be capable of growth in ways that you didn't think possible. Um, tremendous, tremendous year. I think she would probably be top three on anyone's list here for this one. Five strong candidates. <coughs> and the winner is, dude, it's Poetan. It's Alex Pedeta. I don't think I have to explain that. You get it. All right. I think Volkanovski has a good case for it too, but Pereira just bulldozing the division in the way that he did and then having to like really rescue his chances in the fight against Izzy. I mean, he did have to rescue himself a little bit there. And then to do it in the fifth, like, I mean, it's just very, very special fighter. Very special. If he hadn't had that third victory over Bruno Silva, and by the way, he's only been in the UFC, this guy Poetan, for like, you know, not even a year, right? Uh, if he a, hadn't a had the third... over a year, I think. But right if he didn't there. have the third one, would he be, uh, would it be Volkanovski in your eyes? Yes, yes, it'd be Volkanovski. Yes. Okay. Uh, and it could even honor- still be Volkanovski. Quick honorable mentions I wanted to hit was uh, Francis Ngannou, one win, but, you know, it might be the best win of the year over Cyril Ghosn for those circumstances. Uh, how about, obviously, uh, Leon Edwards had a very big moment and year to become the welterweight champion. Anatoly Malikin, Malikin of uh, one championship, Luke, that tank, right? Dude, the two division is, champion he's, there. He's nasty. Um, let's give love to him. And, and, dude, Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse, we had a fun little game there with Rod Tang that we all tuned in for. But then he went back in and avenged his knockout title loss against uh, Adriano Marais. And the trilogy is going to be one's first card in the U.S. next year in Colorado. So um, big years all around. And there's probably a few others I'm forgetting, Luke. But it's not, you know, you, you guys can put them on your award show then. Okay. All right. Um, we've got two categories to go, Luke. And you're, hang, you're hanging strong. And, I, and I'm proud of you. Okay. Actually, three. I got a, I got a final bonus category. All right. Uh-oh. Um. Here it is, Luke. Donk of the year. Um, Luke, how would you form a criteria for what would make a donk of the year? Remembering that two years ago it was Web Scream, Christos Christophoros from Greece, living in Italy, and also don't forget Stockton, California's own Damien the Donk last year, even though, I mean, 
is he in witness protection? I haven't heard from him at all. So he's probably, um, he's probably in jail or the bottom of a river somewhere. I, mean, I hope not. He's a very nice guy. He's got a son. Shout out to Damien the Dunk, despite the this the tattoos of death all over him, including he has morning combat on him. So maybe that was a bad omen for our show's future, Luke, or his own. I don't know. But how? What makes a donk of the year? Because you don't care about this, to be fair, like at all, right? Yeah, I would say my criteria is who has been DMing BC the most. That would probably be the number one criteria. Uh, we have so many great fans who not only like live, you know, live and die for this show in ways I never imagined in terms of passion, but the fact that we have so many talented and weird people out there who love what we do, love love this thing. And are willing through fan submissions, through DMs from donks, through social media, through dead wrong, through whatever, to become a playable character, Luke. I mean, we got some characters on this game. You know what I mean? We got a we got an interesting ballot though this year because people have stepped up fan subs to levels unseen before. We got to meet a lot of our fans at the Vegas Live show, which was incredible and amazing. And people, dude, remember that guy that came from India, Luke? Forgot mm-hmm. his name. And, and and he's like, yeah, I came from India. This is my vacation to come to come see you guys. Like, are you kidding me? Um, people have sent us gifts. The Paquette household, Luke, is touring the globe with us. So, thank you. Before we announce the nominees, thank you, folks, for for being so rabid and active. And Luke, if that leads to our death one day, you know, it was worth it. Okay, it was worth it to be this close to you, folks. That Easy, doesn't I'm mean you. Die. Can- I'm dying anyway. Who cares? That doesn't mean they can touch Luke at the live show in London. But here we go, uh, February 8th, by the way. Uh, your Donk of the Year nominees. Luke, this first man, somebody behind the scenes was fighting for this guy, and they might be right. Who can forget what Alan W. did this year? I don't know much about him. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know where he lives. But would you say his fan subs have spoken for themselves this year? Yeah, these are consistently excellent. Um. I'm Lieutenant Dan there with the 40. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Mikey yeah. Morms for, for organizing all these uh, lookbacks here. And, and Mikey Morms did, was the guy who said, ABC, you can't forget this man, is just consistently great at his craft. I mean, and look at this. Ariel Hawani was busy like on this other guy's poster. It's so good. Yeah, that's Easy a good B, one. Right that's there. so good. Yeah. Um, with the knowledge the way, I, haven't, I, I haven't I haven't vaped in days. In days. Um, Maybe that's oh, why you got COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one of our nominees. Nominee number two, Luke. Uh, he's been compared to such Hollywood legends and luminaries as Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, okay. uh, Dr. Larry Nasser, Luke. He's a teacher of the English language in the country of France. He's UK born and bred, and I love this guy. They call him Appy. It's David Appleton, and here's a little sampling. I believe we have a video of one of his finest submissions this year talking to his students. You guys, who is the American Alpha? You guys, who is America's finest ex-marine? There is no such as an ex-marine, sir! Sir! (laughs) You guys ain't getting no younger. BC's got gas station hunger, and he's obsessed with joy. Look, he's had a hell of a year. I mean, look, just watch this. He can drink more than 50 fucking beers, you know. But he's not such a hero after three margaritas. When you get the two in studio, 
is magic in the air. Uh, David Appleton was consistent this year. He was hilarious. Luke, he claims that, um, uh, first of all, he's already predicted that this election will be rigged, but he claims that, you know, he was, Mikey shut down, censored a lot of his videos, but Luke, you know, you do have to go to sleep at night and wonder if we're aiding and abetting a future criminal here, but he makes me laugh. Yeah, I was surprised I didn't see his name in the roundup when the Romanian officials arrested Andrew Tate last night. (laughs) Shout out to Appy. He gets us, uh... I did tell him, Luke, if if this ballot doesn't go his way, then maybe, you know, maybe we'll get, uh, you know, maybe we can blame it on the Russians and we'll get a Jan 6 attack this year on the uh, Malka steps in Jersey City to, to protest. But we'll see if he has won or lost here, Luke. Um, this debate feels like it's going to be Gore Bush in 2000 all over again, Luke. You know what I'm saying? It's feel I feel like this is going to be a close vote this year. Uh, would, would you say Gore Bush is a great way to describe your college uh, uh, sex life, Luke? Let's keep it going here. Um, I don't even know what that means. Nominee number three comes to us from Mount Unike in Nova Scotia, Mount Uniac. And I did want to shout out, of course, his lovely wife, Dawn, who's a big part of Jay Paquette's uh, fan submissions, his creativity. We've seen videos from him. Uh, Luke, he created just, I mean, incredible, incredible, uh, you know, gifts for us here and, and is living the morning combat brand and lifestyle. Yeah. What can you say about the campaign put forth by Jay Paquette? He probably likes this show more than I do. <laughs> right? I mean, this dude lives and breathes this show in a way even I do not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets us, Luke, okay? I mean, he may get our organs one day too, but we'll have to, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, I mean, he looks like a great guy, Luke, and I do love, uh, you know, his wife's inclusion lately and taking MK around the globe for her job and helping Jay out here. They, look, they, they seem like great people and they're, you know, like Bill and Jen in the RV back in the day, Luke, they feel like they're our type of people. So love to see this. Jay Paquette had a huge year. Nominee number four. Uh, how about little Anthony? He's the fake Saul from the live show, Luke, but Anthony and his lovely bride there, or maybe it's soon to be bride. I'm trying to get an update where they are in their life. Little Anthony has taken MK everywhere with him. From his engagement to wedding to our live show and where he told us, Luke, they wanna they wanna give birth with MK there with like merch on uh for their first child. And you know, that's probably poor parenting. But could you find a, a more humble, happy couple here who we met in person here who love our show and, and have been a key contributors to to what we do in the fan interaction? No, this is pretty great. This is uh this is uh well, this is what human happiness, I think, is supposed to look like. I'm not. I'm not entirely certain. <laughs> it was just with MK as your as your main focal point there. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, and there's a lot of husband wife duos out there that that we love and, and deal with. But these, this is one of our favorites. And number five, dude, you cannot have a donk of the year discussion without Christian Daguerre, who came up to me in the receiving line at our Vegas live show in the summer, told me he was an amateur MMA fighter. We talked about his future and, you know, encouraged him, and he was a cool dude. And then he went out, trained with Tony Ferguson wearing our merch, and then had an amateur fight in which he put our logo on his balls, and he went out there and won it, Oscar Willis style, E. Casey Lydon style, only Luke... He's a legit, like, young, aspiring fighter here. Not that those guys aren't. They're journalists turned uh, tough guys, and I give them a lot of credit. But, dude, he went above and beyond for the brand. I'll, I'm a big fan of this kid. 
He's amazing, and he looks like he might become a legitimate talent at some point. We'll have to see, but I really appreciate his support, and I'm so delighted to have it, and um, please keep giving us free publicity. Yeah, and we'd love to corner you one day, Coach Latore style, with the doc cams there, you know what I mean? Yes, (laughs) yes. When we fill out the commission report, he'll be like, there's going to be a red-haired man with a camera that's going to named Jake that's going to follow us everywhere. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Five nominees, Luke, and I know... Dude, I almost want to mention the honorable mentions now because there's so many people that this could go to and it's not a popularity contest, but it is, but it's not. People are creative. We love them. They're consistent. They've made our show a part of their lives. Um, I want to shout out before we announce the winner, everyone from Danger Mouse to Russell Ingram from Georgia. Luke, you remember him as the uh, Elvis shotgun wedding guy and his beautiful wife, Heather. They've they've gone to your locations in Georgia mm-hmm. and, and Punch Drunk Pete challenged you to a drink off at the live show and has been a big part of our boxing fandom. Dr. Mike and his tattooed wife, the real Saul Luke, Gregory D. You know that Jan Sixer who drives that truck with the beard, the, the power lifter? He loves us, Luke. Uh, how about, you know, Melissa loves nachos who came to our live show and is a big part of what we do. Nicola from uh, Scotland, I believe, Luke, who's been ill lately, but she's a big fan of us. We're a big fan of her. What about Danger Mouse? I did mention him, and, you know, he he was coming on for a lot of this year, Luke, and I think he's going to be very unhappy with us. And it sucks that, you know, in a large family, you do have to look at your children and say, I love you all, but just not the same. Yet. Yet. I like Danger Mouse. He gives us good, he gives us great Wednesday stuff. Yeah, this may be the biggest, uh, you know, if we can extend to a sixth nominee, then Danger Mouse is in this as well. So many others, we love you and thank you. But, Luke, this felt like a two-horse race. It really did. Between David Appleton and Jay Paquette. And you know how much I hate... Like, the kiss the sister idea. Like, I want to see... I'd rather see these guys fight to the death at our live show in London on on February 8th. Which I think they're both going to, by the way. Which is mind-blowing to me. But, you know, under insurance laws, we couldn't have that. Um, Do they have to... What do they have to do to separate this? I don't know, Luke. David Appleton had a great finish to the year. Jay Paquette's been there every day, every step of the way. They're both brilliant. They're kind of like the 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 devil and the and the angel on our MK shoulders here. For 2022, I don't know if I can break this tie. As I stand right now, your code donks of the year, David Appleton and JP. Do we live with that? Are you okay with that, Luke? No, I mean, I they we, are. I think I think I think we have to. I think we have to. There's no clear way to separate them. And, um, you know, they I mean, DM you a lot. You know how sometimes it gets down to like two people in a competition and they go, hey, how about we take a tie and we split the money? Do you think they'd be willing to go in the history books to be in our family tree as Hall of Fame fans who have won Donk of the Year? Or do you think they want to do some type of competition, Luke, to decide that? I think you want them to do a competition to decide that. Either way, as we stand right now, heading into our live show, February 8th, uh, your donk of the year in 2022, and we thank you guys so much. It's a tie, David A. and Jay Paquette. Uh, thank you to all our fans here. Our final formal award is Morning Combat Moment of the Year. Look, we've had some great ones through the years, of course. You remember that live show for Poirier McGregor where you did the war cry and we drank out of a shoe. I mean, we've had some great moments here. But you had to narrow it down to five at the end of the day. We have uh, we have videos to remember. Here are our top five nominees for MK Morning Combat Moment of the Year. Nominee number one, 
Hey, it's very recent. It took place in uh, CD Norwich, Connecticut in a motel basement. We were there on the scene to interview Bellator fighters and give you morning combat. We gave you a little bit more, Luke. They thought I, I was a uh, swallower, but um, I wasn't. We might as well just bang, too. Yeah. yeah. On the Patreon, Luke and Brian have sex. Uh, all right, let me switch. <laughs> oh, dude, you just sprayed Jake, you fucking animal. Oh, my God. Uh, all right, let me switch. <laughs> uh, Luke Thomas, your thoughts? Just watching you short circuit and then explode is fucking hilarious. Yeah, that was a pure moment. I think, you know what people liked about that moment? That the pure, the real Luke Thomas came out. I don't know why people are so worried about what the real version is of me. I don't, I don't even know what that means anymore. You know? You're multifaceted, Luke, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Nominee number two. Hey, let's not forget, we had a very decorated year awards-wise. But do you remember when the first year of the inaugural sports podcast group out of England, yes, the same folks who will be putting on the Pod Live Podcast Festival February 8th at King's Place in London, we'll be there. More on that later. But Luke, they named us not just Combat Sports Podcast of the Year. Let's go back to this little video that was put together where we found out in the moment what else we won. We have to announce the overall sports podcast of the year. Yes. So out of all of the winners you heard from today, our superstar advisory board got together to crown the overall winner, the winner's winner, the best of the best. It gives us great pleasure to announce the sports podcast of the year morning combat. Oh, yeah. Let's chat with the winners. Guys, I have a little bit of news for you. It's actually breaking news. So a little surprise here. Morning combat has won Sports Podcast of the Year. Wait. Uh, Congratulations. Sports Podcast? Sports Podcast of the Year. Are you serious? Yep. What? Wait, uh-huh. what? Who, what? what? Yeah. What? Luke, that was, people want the real Luke Thomas. We didn't know about this. We found out at that exact second. I didn't even know they were going to do a best sports podcast of the year. We won the combat category. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. And while we would go on to duplicate the same honor from the People's Choice Podcast Awards because our fans are so great, dude, that felt like a moment. We got billboards in Liverpool and London. They named us the best. And that wasn't fan voting. We got fan voting to get there. But their advisory board who were like execs at like Facebook and major sports TV networks we're like, oh, yeah, that one right there. That's the best sports podcast that we have going in the world. I couldn't believe it. I uh, still can't believe it. I mean, it is very MK to be self-congratulatory in this way. But yeah, nevertheless, it was a big moment for us. And I was we were legitimately shocked. We didn't know that was coming. Uh, shout out to the sports podcast group. And as we mentioned, Luke, we're not going February 8th in London without like the, all this craziness happening. And our fans got us to this point, And we hopefully... Uh, are going to put on a great show February 8th with some special guests for all of our fans in the UK, Ireland, and beyond who are making the journey. All those who are making the journey from Mount Unike, too. I mean, wow. I mean, we can't, I mean, you know, just look at the chain reaction of events that happened here, right? You know, we did the live show in Vegas and it was fantastic, but we also are going to go do one in the UK, and it's because of that moment. Wow. 
What was that? Pod that girl? Dash live.com to get tickets. Do you remember the name? She she works for the NFL Network. Who was that 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 interviewed us there? Oh, I forget. I forget. Yeah, I did too. Now I feel like a bad person. But uh, final plug there. You can get your tickets on that QR code that you just saw on the bottom of the screen there. Uh, King's Place in London, February 8th. Don't miss it. Number three, Luke, they call this to this day. Three and a three plus years into this, the greatest episode in morning combat history. It came in Jersey City, and it's well known mostly for two incredible back-to-back moments. Let's relive them. Inside the MK studio. Oh, hell yeah. How do you think about what to shoot? What what is important? What is not important? Well, I think it's important we take a step back to realize. Why are you talking like this? I don't know what he's talking about, honestly. <laughs> um, so. I was on holiday one day in Lithuania and I saw a billboard <laughs> and on the billboard was a picture of Brian Campbell and after doing some research I found the show Morning Combat and I really am hoping for Encanto um, karaoke. There's a way this ends normal and there's a way this ends absurd, Luke. Let's see which one you Yeah! Anyway, we don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. No se habla de Bruno. Here we go. Hey, grew to live in fear of Bruno stuttering and stumbling. I could always hear him sort of muttering and mumbling. I associate him with the sound of falling sand. Cha-cha-cha-cha. It's a heavy lift with a gift so humbling. Uh, Luke, I don't remember the date or the episode number. You can see the prep I've done for this show, but... That felt like a special day. Dude, how about Jake Von Amsterdam in that moment? Dude, he just became he just became a character in front of our eyes. I actually don't even like the Jake Von Amsterdam bit. I think it's a stupid bit. But <laughs> pe- people seem to love it, so it just lives on. Episode 277, Mikey says, in our, in our history there. Uh, it's been called the best episode we've ever done. There was a special energy in the room that day. It felt very Bellator Dublin, didn't it, Luke? It's a good example of what we can do when we're in studio more. All right. Speaking of the studio, nominee number four for MK Moment of the Year also came to the studio because one of us showed up on time. Yeah. Who could forget this? If we go live right now. Mr. Thomas. Thank you, sir. There is Luke Thomas. Mr. Thomas. Get the fuck out of my face. You're live on Morning Combat, Mr. Thomas. Any word for the fact? He's surly for sure. blame Amtrak, motherfucker. I I was at my train on time. What happened? Uh, train doors wouldn't close. So we had to switch trains. Luke has entered one of the studios. I don't care what he buys. The four-year, the well, the well holiday decorated. Your stupid fuck fuck game. Come on, let's go. Luke believes he's stepping into a fuck fuck trap shortly. We'll see if that, that plays out. Transmitting or not? It's live, Mr. Thomas. Is it transmitting? No, yes. it's not. Was it? Tra- oh, yeah, well, you do have the live view. Holy shit! <laughs> uh, it's live, all right. Mm. Motherfucker, I gotta get ready and shit. Like, I'm not just gonna walk in there. You gotta turn this motherfucker off. <laughs> Award-winning content that only Morning Combat can give you. Just want to point out, when you're late, it's because you drove in. You're responsible. No. If I'm taking the train, what can I possibly do? And I saw folks being like, get to the train earlier. There was no earlier train. They're like, take another Dude. train. The next, let me finish. The next train out doesn't get me there on time either. It was either that one or no one. That, that, I don't, folks don't understand. I will do anything possible to make it on time. But if Amtrak fucks me, what can I do? This was poetic justice because that live show we did, the drinking episode, you know, back on like New Year's Eve 2019, I drove an hour to the train station as I always did back then in Bridgeport. The train was late. 
I got on it. There was a problem. The train stopped that they had to fix. The next stop for the subway was late. Like everything across the board was late, late, late in like unspeakable ways. And you were like incredulous as if I had like broken your lifelong trust. And you didn't just like daddy pants me. You, I thought you were going to walk off the show. Like you were like ready to kill me. And uh, the same shit happened to you, Luke. It was, it was, no, it was beautiful. I still was... believe you could have been there earlier. There was literally no way oh, for me to God. be there earlier. Um, yeah, that's a special moment. Shout out to Jake von Amsterdam. I did. We never, we never talked about this. What were you thinking when you got out of the car? Because we, because you didn't, you knew I might do this because I did tech. You were on a text. So chain. I did get it. So for folks being like, because my, I'll tell you what. You know what's so funny about that clip is that even my friends who don't watch the show, they saw that clip and they go, "Dude, that's pretty funny." That's pretty funny. <laughs> and I was like, it is. I mean, it's hilarious. Like, what am I going to say? It's not hilarious. It's hilarious. But I got, I did get a text ahead of time. And they, I didn't know if it was going to be live. But they were like, Jake may or may not be greeting you um, outside with a camera. And I was like, oh, fuck me. And then when I pull up and he's there. And, dude, you should, you couldn't see him, obviously, because he's the one holding the camera. Like, <laughs> how do I explain this? This fucking asshole. He had that like goofy 13-year-old I'm in the tech club kind of energy about him. Like he saw the car pulling up and he like pulls up his pants real high, you know, like I'm getting ready for my big day. Like the first time a kid pulls out a condom for the big moment, you know, it kind of goofball nervous energy and he's like fumbling with the camera to get it on. And so I, he's just set, knew, he's I just Seth knew. Seth Green he from Can't Hardly Wait in that moment is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. He was American Pie just banging pies waiting for me to come along. Dude, and, uh, you know, he, he made it work. So many parts of that had to happen for that to be that perfect from Jake asking you hilariously with the British accent, which fooled. There were people high up at Showtime that legitimately reached out and were like, who's that Australian talent that you got to do these interviews? Like, so Jake was brilliant. Dude, you, I don't think you were acting. I think you were literally like, get the fuck away from me. Like you were like, that was just, oh, it was great. I mean, it was great. And Luke, I wish that the, I wish we had the doc cameras behind the scenes because to orchestrate that and Jake, I was like, Jake, you could take the live view down there. You could do this in the moment live. And they were like, maybe we could. And also I gave a speech to the Malka employees that, if, that they may get some pushback from you or Showtime to this idea. So remember that scene in Rudy, Luke, where uh, the players went to the Dan Devine, the coaches. And they put their uniform down and they said, you know, if Rudy doesn't play, we don't play. And then the coach is like, you know, you're an All-American and a captain. Act like one. And then that, you know, cornerback was like, I think I just did, sir. I gave that speech to the Malka crew, Luke. I said, no matter what, we have to land this plane. We have to do this. And wow, what a moment, Luke. But was that moment better? The number five, top five MK moments of the year. Luke, we love all the awards we won. God, we just won the second straight uh, World MMA Awards. We won People's Podcast Best Sports Podcast Award. But the first time last year, the year before, we won the World MMA Awards that we had the doc cameras there for. That guaranteed our fans a live show in Vegas for International Fight Week at the Brew House, Beer House, Brew House. And while, Luke, it didn't necessarily go the directions I thought it would <laughs> or live up to my own expectations, uh, you created a moment, sir. Let's look back at it. And the reason everyone... I'm starting to feel these margaritas. Because, look, that's a, that's a mismatch. I get it in terms of their, their speed and all that. But the offensive... But I'm, du I'm dub T and I really want to vape. Uh, how about how about the service we're getting here from the Brew House, New York? <laughs> yeah, store, no beer Las house, Vegas, beer house, MGM property in the house, beer house, not brew house. 
<laughs> Sorry. Why don't you know the name of where we're at, stupid? <laughs> it's so on brand. He's trying. I mean, it's He's, so yeah. on brand. That's right. Uh, do you have anime? I'm feeling these margaritas, Brian Campbell. Do you have anime in your search history, like your favorite fighter? That's not in my search history. Uh, Luke, there, were, there were many Here things. we go, evil. Here we go. Here we go, evil. Here we go. Cool. Aaron, you sit there. He'll stand there. He'll stand there. I've been drinking. It's working. Bro, I don't drink anymore, and I've had like two margaritas. Three, I think. My favorite dad. Uh, Luke, they could have shown many moments from that show. Uh, it was a bit of a shit show, although I, I love that our fans came and they, they seemed to enjoy meeting us. And Luke, you were very, very good to the fans afterwards, so I salute you on that. I'm, I'm feeling these nominations, Brian Campbell. <laughs> but dude, that line and, the, and it, it, like, I remember being mad afterwards because more of the tech issues that, we, that we've talked about ad nauseum, that the crowd couldn't hear us. And I'm like, are we playing to the people at home or the crowd? I don't even know. But I knew, though, in the moment that we had created an MK moment, and that's because yeah. of you and your great tolerance, Luke. So um, <laughs> you also humped me in front of everybody, too. I mean, there was some there was some dark moments in that. Okay? I think some of that you overplay a little bit. Yes, it was definitely me being fratastic, and that's awful, but not that big a deal. However, you know, I could see you being like, let's talk about this guy's speed, and I'm like, let's talk about ass and titties instead, you know, just completely derailing it. <laughs> Into like the worst place ever that had no business going. So I do feel bad about that. But hey, right. listen, it's on this list. So. Uh, Spit the Water, London Billboard, Jake Von Amsterdam slash Encanto, Luke Late to Studio, or Feeling These Margaritas, Brian Campbell. Luke, what was our MK moment of the year? Uh, am I supposed to go what's on the thing here? Or can I just like freestyle? No, you got to tell me your choice. What the hell is your choice? I will just tell you the one that brought me the most fun. How about that? All right. Okay. And it's me being late to the studio because <laughs> I will tell you in real time, I was just, I didn't, I didn't cause remember I'm not watching the feed. So like I, they told me like Jake might be with the camera, but I thought that the show wasn't going to start until I got up there and we were going to settle. And then like, everything's on. I'm like, what the fuck? And so I get up there. And so I didn't appreciate it until after the fact I went back and I watched the, the, the clip and I was like, Oh my God, that is funny as shit. And I laughed and laughed. And then, like, but dude, my wife thought it was funny. My friends thought it was funny. It was one of the ones that kind of reached into my personal world and everyone really liked. So I have to go with that one. I have to. All right. That. That's my choice as well. And it, it's in contention for my favorite moment in MK history. Only again, because everything worked perfectly. It was the perfect yes. storm. I mean, we yes. had to kill like a half hour. It, was, it turned out to be the perfect storm. Um, you were legitimately pissed when you walked into the studio. That was not an act. And I, I, was, I was not, like, I was not that pissed. I was, I was playing it up a little bit. All right. All right. I thought it was real. You fooled me. You got me. You got me. So there you go. I was I'll part pissed, part just confused. Like legitimately, when I told you, I was like, I don't even understand what I, I, I'm trying to explain to you. Like I didn't start the thing. So I literally didn't on my phone, like to watch the show. So I like, I did not understand what the hell was happening. That's all. Uh, Honorable mention time quickly. Oh, honorable mention on Donk of the Year. I got to shout out Rustic Tribe Design, Luke. They've they've made us oh, some yeah. fantastic uh, wood pieces, drink holders with our brand on it that we keep in the studio. They've inquired about making a table for us, which would just be insane and incredible. Um, Just love, again, that we have creative people in this world and in this space. And when I'm giving an honorable mention to Moment of the Year, it could tie into Donk of the Year, too, Luke, because we have celebrity Donk friends that we love from Oteil Burbridge wearing our... 
our MK bullshit on, on the Grateful Dead stage to Kamau Bell on his CNN show, United Shades of America, wearing a sweatshirt to... Uh, we got we're gonna get, way, we're gonna get that podcast with him out next year. It, it, it was on the back burner for a while, but it's gonna come out. Love that man. Uh, Joe Rogan shouted out Luke Thomas and that other dude and Brian Simpson on the Joe Rogan experience. So you know, was great. By the way, we've had some cool moments. Rafael Stotts wearing our merch. We've had some amazingly cool moments. Big E, the WWE star, is always vocal about watching the show. So we appreciate everyone, Luke. Everyone, seriously. I mean, what a year. Uh, the only other award I had that they wouldn't build. Uh, you know, an award. I wanted to like mail an award. I wanted to, you know, but here's, I'll do it anyway, Luke. Uh, BC's best straw weight of 2022, Luke. This is your uh, 115 pound fighter of the year award. Your nominees, of course, Luke, are uh, Mackenzie Dern, Amanda Hibas, Montana De La Rosa, Zhang Wei Li, and uh, Cheyenne Vlismas. And uh, yeah, I wonder what the um, your winner criteria is, is for uh, making that list. Your winner is Cheyenne Vlismas, Luke. So congratulations, uh, the straw weight of the year. Thank you. Uh, Coming off very of a much. loss, right? I'm not allowed to mail any hammers, Luke, uh, to anybody, uh, nor would I, uh, knowing you know uh, how ridiculous that is. Okay, there you go. Uh, that's the awards for this year, Luke. This is this ain't quite Jordan flu game, but I, you know I have to give you a lot of respect. You hate this shit. You're sick as balls, and you delivered. I try, man. I know I I, I had. Very low energy today. I'm doing my best. Last night was the first night of sleep I'd gotten in a while, man. It was, it's was it been terrible. But Hold on, I got um, a question. Hey, can I dead wrong myself because I'm so embarrassed about it? I really want to talk about it. Okay, but just Please. tell me, which uh, which midlife dad crisis had is the worst look for me right now? Is it still the one love? Now, I would need the Showtime producers who have a stronger opinion about the one. You know me. I don't hate the one love hat. I don't love it. I'm neutral. Okay. I like... I like the man in the in the hat hat, so to speak. Yep, the one yep. you're wearing now, you don't have the answer, Sway. I mean, you just look <laughs> like a fucking buffoon. <laughs> all right, what are you going to dead wrong yourself about, Luke? Oh my god, dude! So we did the previews for like all the weight classes and whatnot for 2023, and we're just having fun with it. You know, it's not exactly designed to be the most, you know, uh, groundbreaking content on earth. But dude, this is—I I, got to tell you, like, this is why. Okay. Sometimes I get stuff wrong, like, hey, I thought he fought him on this year, or it was a split decision versus unanimous. And a lot of times what happens is it's because I just didn't do enough due diligence. I was, like, relying on memory, and your memory can fade or trick you or whatever. And I'm like, ah, I should have double-checked. <laughs> I said Alexander Romanov was undefeated. Here's why this one is especially egregious, okay? And I'm, I'm admitting this because it was, like, one of those moments where, like, holy fuck. Dude, I don't know how I got so short-circuited. I actually did double-check that one ahead of time. I actually went and looked at his wiki and his stats page on Fight Metric, and it went in in one ear and out the other, and I somehow still jacked that up. That was like, oh my God, dude, how did I even do that? I actually went through ahead of time and tried to get that right and still messed it up. It's terrible that that happened. So... I'm apologizing to you. I'm apologizing to everyone who watches the show. I don't mind getting shit wrong, like because we do get it wrong, opinions or facts or whatever. But shit like that should never happen. And so I feel really terrible about it. And I'm sorry. And uh, um, I'm going to work on my due diligence to make sure that that doesn't happen again. I forgive you, Luke. I also didn't Thanks, get your man. back. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Romanoff's great. And then. Yeah, I mean, you didn't exactly call me out on it, but that doesn't matter. Like, <clears throat> yeah. You can't get shit like that wrong. You just can't. 
Uh, quick final reminders for, of course, morningcombat.store for our great merch. Uh, Showtime 30-day free trial, and it's it's put the onus on this, Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, on show, only on Showtime. How about Bellator? Hey, you want to see Tukey? Hold on, you want to see Tukey? Yeah, 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 t- please. Bellator MMA versus Ryzen. Five best versus your five best. Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, only on Showtime. Get 30 days free now at Showtime.com. $3.99 each for six months after that. Tukey in the house. <laughs> Tukey, it's Uncle Gringo. Did you have a nice Christmas? Should I take this out so she can hear? Yes, please. All right, let's see this. Okay, here we go. Okay. Go ahead and talk, Missy. Tukey, it's Uncle Gringo. Did you have a a Feliz Navidad? Thank you. Did you have a Merry Christmas, Tukes? I have a good boots. She just saw Puss in Boots 2 with her mom. Oh, nice, nice. Can you tell me about the car you got, Tuki, for Christmas? Did you get a Minnie Mouse car? Yeah. You like it? You're going to go see dinosaurs. You know, I didn't really answer anyone's question, but I love it so much. <laughs> a lot like Dana White. Hey, Tukes, you know what else I got for Christmas? Uh, Vio? Hey, Vio, you know what I got for Christmas? I got new glasses. You want to see them? Yes. Check out Uncle Gringo's new glasses. Meanwhile, he's what we call in real life a moron. Okay? <laughs> uh, uh, Tukes, have a great year and don't talk about Bruno, okay? At all. Not one time. Did you, did you hear her call you a moron? No, I did not. That's probably a moment of the year, Luke, for next Meanwhile. year. Wow. Say it yeah, one more time. What, say moron. Moron. Yeah. <laughs> I love you so much. You're such a sweet kid, okay? Te amo mucho. Okay, you want to call it a day there? Yeah, I can't wait till she replaces me on this show one day. She's fantastic. (laughs) Big fan of the Tukes. Uh, Have a happy new year. Same to all you folks out there. Uh, Luke, could I be so presumptuous to ask for Tukey to take us out this, our final show of 2022? Okay, Tukey, say um, happy birthday. Ciao, everybody. Happy birthday. Ciao.